Good morning, afternoon or evening, listener. My name is Darcy Moran. Joining me in the studio at long last, our returned friend, Kieran Stevenson. Hello, Kieran. Yo, dude, what's up? Kieran has been in America on a uh, in-depth, deep cover field report for Weakness for Bleakness. He's been studying the fall of the Empire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Quite legitimately. <laughs> that's You present it like it's a bit, but yeah. If that place is falling apart. And we're going to have some juicy anecdotes from mm. our, big, uh, our big cousin across the Pacific. I have been uh, loafing about in Melbourne. Tremendous. How's that been? It's been all right. It's yeah. nice that spring started. Mm. Um, Can we confront the elephant in the room, uh, firstly, which is that all of the most interesting news for the year happened. <laughs> we started happening, uh, like, about three days after I left, I yes. think, was when Epstein, <laughs> quote, unquote, killed himself. Yeah, we and were- that just kicked things into a fucking frenzied nightmare that didn't really let up. We were, we were hoping that Kieran would be back before any of the stories we've been following for the past 18 months came to fruition, and he was no. away while all of them came to fruition. Yeah, yeah. And it- I mean, to be fair, in a way that feels like it's just going to continue. Like, we hit another notch in the insanity uh, meter, well, and I'm not sure if that's just because I was in the land of insanity that it felt that way, but it tr- genuinely felt like the world went fucking crazy. It did. We are now at a kind of scouring of the Shire stage <clears throat> yeah. of the story. There's still all bits to mop up, and yeah. things will be drawn out for much longer than the reader might like. We've still got to take care of Sharky. But, fundamentally, the major plot points have kind of catalyzed for now. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, yes, thank you, gigantic fucking <laughs> podcast <laughs> elephant. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, your weakness is back. Mm. So, Mr. Music, will you play? A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood But misery is a public good So come and feed your sorrows Till you're spent Well just to come Captain said the icebergs are the dead ahead The men will keep the engines fed I have a deal with God We're at the end of history There ain't a hope for you or me When words philanthropically Believe in the economy But what a feast for tired eyes The poison earth, the boiling skies Everyone their own damn spies Remember when the world was wise we No, 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 no uh, as Kieran is the returning uh, host, yeah, he's gonna get us off the blocks. I have a tremendously unstructured uh, list of notes here. I want to talk about so many things, but just I'm gonna sneak one in for free, a freebie, a bit of breaking news that uh, Hillary Clinton has gone on the record and defended her decision to stay with Bill Clinton. All of these times, uh, all of these years, by saying that it's like if she had a transgender kid. Okay. So I'm following that. This is this would have been. Did she learn the, the wrong lessons from when she lost to <laughs> Trump? <laughs> I'm legitimately a bit gobsmacked by this one. <clears throat> Her, the implication being that. I guess as the parent of a transgender kid, you just have to bite your tongue and do what's just best. Just deal for the with country. all the 
horrible secret evil things that they do yeah yeah i'm not sure man with their transgender i didn't read the article so i can't put it in context not really interested in that i don't uh, care why but, she stayed yeah. with bill clinton that's no one's business <laughs> yeah. but hers and nobody thinks it was a good thing so no one does she can't read the but wind it's really uh, not at the it's not at the top list of reasons yeah. why people don't like hillary clinton <laughs> <laughs> oh she's stuck with her marriage yeah definitely the floor yeah yeah, it's That's, an interesting one. She's an interesting cat. Uh, sure turns off the American voter when you stick with your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that's what Mia Buela is up to. Uh, but what I want to talk about for my first story is the Bernie health scare. Oh, now is you're going to be informing me of this as yeah, well. Yeah, this is something that's come across the plate this morning. Uh, uh, and it is currently what 20 to 11 in the morning so learned about this just a couple of hours ago uh bernie went to hospital uh for a heart thing and got a stent put in i mean that's not unusual in a man of his age it's not unusual he's but we won't know the truth until the q people uh fill us in yeah, on the details. yeah what it seems to be is uh i guess i guess the story is like bernie device. coverage generally uh because he's, by all reports, healthy and, and, and happy and conversational and stuff. And this is quite a routine procedure for men of a certain age. It's yeah. not indicative of any uh, infirmity, which would uh, disqualify him from the presidency. But there's a lot of, obviously, you can expect... <laughs> Infirmities aren't going to disqualify... That's such an old doctrine, yeah. <laughs> Kieran. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while since that was fucking... Ever since... <laughs> Ronald Reagan was just like, remember the time that I won World War II single-handedly? It's me, your president. A totally sane man. Uh, it's the first time I've taken the Ronald Reagan impression for a spin, and I didn't. I think that was all right. It was all right. Uh, it was very sort of spitting image. You sounded like Chris Barry doing a Ronald Reagan impression. It definitely sounded like somebody doing an impression, yeah. Uh, anyway, coverage of this is obviously going to be, like, pretty brutal. Uh you can tell that the the K hive hashtag K hive Kamala Harris's uh, increasingly. Oh, have they given themselves a cool hashtag? Yeah, which makes them sound like a sort of science fiction villain. It does, yeah. yeah, completely. The, the K hive, <laughs> fuck's sake! Uh, From Halo Thirty Seven. Yeah. So they're all they're they're like greasing up their grease guns to a. Uh, come and take him on and i guess generally uh i want to talk about dead bernie sanders would still be a better president than almost all of the other candidates. yeah a hundred percent if he was just laying in state in a glass coffin and we hired somebody to at least do a, interpretive at least a dead president isn't gonna fuck anything up. yeah get elon musk to just put all of his speeches into some ai that oh, spits out policy decisions jesus uh <clears throat> the yeah guys <laughs> oh fuck there's so much good <laughs> mask news did you hear about i can't get distracted maybe i can get distracted we have to break in with an impromptu we mask be update today i think we've yeah, yeah 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 you've got a fucking did you follow his court statement thing no i didn't uh so firstly up the page he was like uh oh fuck which the two amazing statements and it's hard to know which order is best to present them in uh first of all he said that I wasn't accusing him of being a pedophile 
pedo guy was a common insult in South Africa when I was a young boy. So I was just using a common schoolyard insult that everybody knows about. Pedo guy. (laughs) Calling, (laughs) saying- (laughs) Still means the same thing. Yeah. And if you like- I mean, it's not true, but (laughs) even if it was, it would still mean the same thing. And if you swap it out for like dickhead, if we accept that he's just reaching for a common insult, his tweets still read like- a middle-aged man who lives in Thailand yeah, sounds like a dickhead to yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, which if mm. he if he'd gone down that route, maybe fair. Yeah. So he says that, and then I think less than two pages later in the court statement transcript, he says that his goal was to protect the world from another Jeffrey Epstein. He thought that this fucking poor oh. cave diver. So he knew about Epstein before. <laughs> yeah, is what he's well, he's on the flight logs. <laughs> Uh, right? Presumably, everybody is. Fucking Chris Tucker I, I is. guess if you believe it's all just a hologram simulation, <laughs> you feel less guilty about yeah. being complicit in the trafficking of underage human beings for sex slavery. I tell you what, he gets pretty fucking head up for somebody who believes it's all a simulation. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's the Musk Solipsistic update. Solipsistic asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he is. And it takes- a certain degree of kind of egotistical panache to be the solipsistic person in America. (laughs) It really does. uh, Also to decide to just be the villain in your mm. personal hologram universe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't make a fucking any sense whatsoever. So I'll, I'll, I'll play a good character next time. I want to get all the evil options. They intrigue me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They're they're the better characters. Actually, it makes (laughs) sense. Uh, So anyway, coverage of, of, of Bernie. Uh, I don't know. There's so much to talk about here and I'm so unprepared. Uh, generally speaking, what's been happening with the primary is that Bernie's been getting a pretty short shrift with the media as expected consistently when reporting on polls. They'll Indeed. be like, Biden holds first and Warren surges to third and no other news. Uh, the establishment has gotten behind Warren in a big way, a big sort of terrifying way that suggests that... Uh, I'm not as catastrophic, uh, catastrophizing about it as other people. I don't think that she's, like, a crypto-fascist or anything like that. No, she's, like, a nice Tory. But the warning signs are sort of, yeah, maybe a bit more, uh, apparent than they were sort of around the time of the first debates and stuff like that. Under Warren, you'll get eight years of, uh better managed capitalist economy yeah it will be like a little bit more equitable and things Mm -hmm. will be less corrupt a little bit yeah and then that will get thrown out the window when a republican wins the third term or the next election yeah and her her plan to cap uh medication spending at 500 dollars a month is like i don't think she or her people understand how much $6,000 a year is for no. the average American. No, when that's 20% of your money. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan Van or Ness more. talked about that. The Queer Eye guys are cancelled. I can't fucking- I can't get this down to a laser-focused story. <laughs> a lot of shit has been happening. All right. Uh, and, uh, anyway, yeah. Bernie for president. That's the story. Fuck it. I'm dismount. <laughs> okay, cool. So he's, he's healthy. Basically, he's all right- He's all right. Now the queers are working for the fascists. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, except Tan. Tan is cool. Tan is cool. Yeah. I wouldn't- He would not have been my pick for favourite back in the day when I was just watching the series and being like, this is heartwarming. (laughs) Watching the episode with the Trump supporter and being like, this feels a little 
interesting, but sure. Reaching uh, out, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Across the aisle to the to the racist murderers, uh, the police. We love to reach Trump. out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, now Tan is number one. Jonathan Van Ness, previously maybe my number one, close to the bottom of the pile now. What did he do? Uh, he came out hard in support of Warren uh, and said I, he came out as HIV positive, which is, you know, whatever, good for him. Uh, and then said, oh, I lost all my medication and I had to replace it, which cost a lot. Under Warren, it would only cost me $500. And then a bunch of uh, people in the gay community and a bunch of, uh, oh, sorry, the LGBTQI plus community and the uh, and the HIV community, I guess, came out and were like, what are you talking about? Like because they're all quite solidly behind a serious Medicare for All oh, of course. Uh, program, it's obviously. It's insane that anybody isn't. Yeah, and Bernie's cap is $200 per year, as opposed to 500 per month, which is quite a Something stark of a difference. difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie's offering you less than a dollar a day. Yeah, for meds. And yeah, $200 at once may be sort of a crisis thing for some people, but not in the way that $500 a month is. Oh, uh, God, no. And for people who need insulin and stuff, that means that they have to set aside, still under Warren's plan, $6,000 a year, based on the fucking crazy costs of medication in that country. So yeah, <clears throat> Jonathan Van Ness. And then he said that uh, Ronald Reagan didn't, when he was comparing him to Bernie, he was like, well, Ronald Reagan didn't talk about HIV, but he did know how to put some hair gel in. And everybody was like, not really the time to be flippant about one of the key uh, actors <clears throat> in the HIV crisis. Yeah, Jesus. But, wow. You know, whatever. He's a clueless fucking wealthy <laughs> bouge boy now. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... I don't think it takes away from his standing as an entertainer. No. Entertainers have done and said far worse things yeah. and we still love them. I also don't think we have to put too much fucking energy into whether or not the fucking queer eye guys <laughs> great political ambassadors. Alright, on that homophobic yeah. note, this uh, episode is being re-recorded. Yeah. Kieran? I'm hashtag cancelled, just like ContraPoints. <sighs> Did you hear about that? Uh, no, also no. Let's move on. <laughs> I've been um, trying to avoid the news because mm. you haven't been here to share it with me, and it hasn't been the same. Mm. Also, That's I don't. Touching. I also don't like the news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, so I've got a story yeah. on a happier note. Yeah. Um, Boris Johnson uh, has enjoyed another devastating humiliation. Good. And it's starting to feel like he enjoys it, and possibly he does because we all know what those Eaton boys are like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a kernel of self awareness buried deep inside all of them that wants to be punished brutally. For yeah, yeah. Everything that they've <clears throat> become. Well, it's the pipeline. It's like being humiliated by father, uh, to being paddled by a prefect, to being yeah humiliated in front of the electorate. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what's happened, listeners, because it's a bit complicated. The old proroguing thing. Yeah, it is a little complicated. Basically. Boris Johnson didn't have a plan for Brexit, mm -hmm. um, and he still doesn't. He's announced a new plan, and mm. Michel Barnier, through gritted teeth, mm. said, I'm trying not to vomit. It's not happening! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'll leave that aside for now. Mm. Part of his plan to get a plan was mm. to prorogue Parliament. Now, proroguing Parliament's normally pretty routine, Essentially, after an election, mm -hmm. Parliament is prorogued, which means that parliamentary term has finished. Why? I, I'll let you get back to your focus thing in a minute, but allow me to spin this off into a directionless uh, 
unentertaining tangent for a second. Why is it always the case that whenever there's some fairly routine political or financial thing, that it always has to be buried under some fucking antique term that I've literally never heard before? And then all of a sudden, we have to get used to it. And everybody has to talk about proroguing. Oh, proroguing, of course. I always knew about proroguing. I didn't think it was a fucking Polish dumpling at all. <laughs> well, it's because um, it's uh, been uncontentious for so long that no one's ever felt the need to yeah. update the language. Yeah. I mean, literally, generally speaking, the prorogation of parliament isn't something that's even really discussed. What's the etymology of prorogue? That I don't know, but it is definitely Norman French somewhere. Yeah. So uh, that would be one for a French speaker. I'm sure we have one in the audience somewhere. The British Parliament are prorogues. Uh, oh, yeah, it's I'm like, not surprised in the least. It's going to be medieval French. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a very attractive word. No. It's, medieval it French was a, a much more disgusting language than modern <laughs> French. Um, <laughs> it's indeed medieval life. Mm. Uh uh, yeah, so basically it, what it means is the parliamentary session is declared over yes. uh, while they write a new Queen's speech so that she can open the new parliament. Mm -hmm. And if that sounds archaic and stupid, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so Boris Johnson basically needed parliament to fuck off for four weeks so that he could do things that were against the will of the majority of the MPs in the Commons. Yep. Uh, some people might call that dictatorial. Some might. But when it was challenged in the English Supreme... No, the English... Um, high Court? High Court, thank you. Mm. Which is not a High Court. It's just a court of original um, prosecution. Yeah. But, so it's like our county court. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to keep yeah, track fair. and remember it. Being England, the High Court is one of the lower courts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, English judges tend to be very, very conservative. Mm. Uh, and... When they're in doing common law, fairly passive. Mm. So their uh, take on this was, oh, we don't know why you've brought a political question to the courts. There's mm. no legal problem here for us to resolve. And that was the line the government lawyers were taking, that this wasn't a justiciable issue. It was just a question of political judgment. Mm -hmm. um, and Boris Johnson won and he was very happy. But in Boris Johnson's overwhelming English arrogance, he forgot about Scotland being a thing. Mm -hmm. Now, the Scottish legal system is not common law. They're the only, I think I'm right in saying, the only fragment of the old empire where common law never took root. Because Scottish law uh, is derived from their cultural exchange with the French mm. in the days of the old alliance. So it's much more in line with European civic law. Okay. And the civic law tradition... Mm. Uh, they don't use the adversarial common law model that we use. Mm. Judges actually get off their asses and investigate things. It's a 21st century tragedy that this is undoubtedly the most sort of like measured and in-depth coverage of the prorogative <laughs> scandal that uh, a podcast has done, probably, <laughs> certainly that I've heard. And yet, uh, somehow, I suspect the most alienating <laughs> for a lot of people. What's all this details? We want to call him a greasy boy. I mean, talk about how Jeremy Corbyn is on his way. Ambiguous fucking slang terms that are just recyclable uh, instantly. Tragically, have no idea if Jeremy Corbyn's ever going to get to number 10. <clears throat> but yes. um, All right. In so, essence, yeah. European the, civic law. The Scottish courts, therefore, yes. feel like they can come up with their own ideas and demand things be actually investigated and explained properly. Mm. 
and actually so, use that independence that yeah. the English foolishly <laughs> guaranteed them. them yeah. yeah, that's right. So the Scottish judges basically said, "Yeah, okay, we get that this is a political question, and that there's no legal question as of yet, mm. but we view this as a constitutional matter because it's." potentially an abuse of power. Sure. And so we're going to actually investigate it. And they found it was an abuse of power, and the justification they used was that... The justification was that he had lied to the Queen when he asked her to prorogue Parliament because mm. he'd said it was just to prepare a new parliamentary session. He didn't say it was so he could sneakily do Brexit stuff without parliamentary supervision. Yeah. Um, but that is essentially what the Scottish judges were subtly accusing him of. Yeah. And so it went to the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. where they got a full bench of all 11 uh, justices in. Yep. Uh, most of them are English, but yep. there is one Northern Irish judge and two Scottish judges. Mm -hmm. And those judges have to be deferred to by the English judges on matters that concern their jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. Which is better than I expected. So it's not a case of the English judges just steamroll everything. Yeah. And the uh, sorry, the Supreme Court mm. uh, rewrote the English Constitution to make what Boris Johnson did illegal. Fucking brilliant. And what they said was essentially, very simply, if you prorogue Parliament in such a way as that it interferes with parliamentary business or stops their capacity or hinders their capacity to supervise the government, mm. then you've broken the law. Sure. Um, and the reason for this, and this is a very quick bit on the British constitution or the UK constitution, mm. is it's a very weird constitution because the UK is pretty much the only country we have in the world at the moment mm. that was not the result of post-colonial activity or revolution at some stage. So there was never yeah, a point where um, a new British government sat down and said, fuck, we have to, like, come up with a country. Yeah, yeah. So they never wrote a comprehensive constitution. It's a sort of collection of documents and ideas that mm. have been gradually cobbled together in an like, incredibly fucking English fashion. Yeah. And so you can have, which you can't have in almost any other country in the world, a situation where mm. judges just make a decision and that becomes part of the constitution. Sure. Um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Because it's uh, less fucking about, or it would drive mm. Americans fucking hog wild, I imagine. Yeah. And doubtless lots of Daily Mail readers who don't know what just happened. Yeah. But yeah, Boris Johnson basically tried to run the government without parliament mm. and the judges said no parliament is more important than the government sorry yeah good good that he fucking ate some poop uh again publicly again uh the when i was following it I, it kind of dropped out of my field of view uh but when i was following it he just lost his fourth consecutive commons vote making him a record breaker yeah it's now a, seven <clears throat> seven um. right okay <laughs> so the opposition has been controlling Parliament. Is that correct? More or less. Um, although the like Jeremy Corbyn has been helped by mm. some small activity from the Tory backbenchers. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not like a. He's got a very fucking uneasy thing going on with Joe Swinson, who is the leader of the Liberal Democrats now. Yeah, she she's one of Nick Clegg's sucks. austerity psychos. She fucking sucks yeah. so bad. Every time she speaks and says something, it's just grotesque. She was very, very hard on austerity. Yeah. Uh, this she... is the woman who said that one of her proudest achievements was uh, negotiating to cut social uh, benefits 
to to citizens in exchange for I forget what something super dumb. Yeah, she's a good example of. There was a bit when Tony Blair was prime minister. Mm. There was an idea that the Liberal Democrats were actually quite a nice party. Yeah. Um, and it turned out that was just because Charles Kennedy was the leader. And sure. as soon as he died, everything went to well, shit. I was... I remember <laughs> the fucking... Was I... When... When did the... Uh, when did the big election, the coalition election happen? What that was... Um, let me think. Gordon Brown lost... That was 20... At some point, anyway. 2010, 2009, yeah, something 10. like that. I was following it. A- They've been in power for 10 years, the Tories, and half of that was with the Lib Dems. Yeah. So I was following that cl- quite closely w- when it happened, and I remember the enthusiasm for Nick Clegg as this, like, uh, sort of voice for the for the young and, and the sort of general good feeling that people had that, like, even though the Tories were in perhaps with a coalition... Uh, Lib Dem thing, some of them worst successes might be curbed. And like Nick Clegg's Lib Dem party, the most profound political betrayal. Uh, oh, for sure. During, like, Worse quite than quickly, Blair. it was the trebling of university in, fees and uh, yeah, all of In the terms of what was promised and delivered, I think Clegg was worse than Tony Blair, mm. 100%. The bedroom tax happened under them, right? The That stupid thing. Yeah. Exclusively um, designed to fuck poor people. A universal credit rollout. Yeah. A lot of. Horrible, horrible shit. Yeah, so um, the Lib Dems are uh, grotesque. But Nick Clegg benefited a lot from the Charles Kennedy legacy. Like Charles Kennedy was the only mm. party leader in Parliament who stood up and denounced the Iraq War and mm. argued for a, you know, like international UN-led, yeah, reasonable process. <laughs> yeah, and not getting uh, people killed unnecessarily. Mm. And things, but but he you know well he he um, drank a bit apparently so they shafted him and sure. then went evil. Yeah, the only Englishman to drink a bit. Well, hang on, he was Scottish, hence oh, why sorry. Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> well, there you go. They can't be trusted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as crazy as the Americans were for the Iraq War, it was fucking bonkers in the UK as well. They they were all for it. They were rabid, and Blair played a uh, well. Blair was crucial part. He he, I I think Tony Blair got a bit weird after the Kosovo intervention. Mm. Um, there are children in the region that are named after him and stuff, and I think he got a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he was always like within a fucking nanomillimeter of turning mm. into a megalomaniacal loon, and yeah. being treated like a messiah by mm. people was more than he could handle. More than a few similarities between Tony Blair and Jerry Seinfeld. And it's not just a physical <laughs> resemblance, but also a career trajectory sort of thing, where everybody was kind of on side early on, and then as their power and influence grew, they became less sympathetic and did wilder and wilder but things. Not only as their power influence, as their power and influence grew, mm. their abilities uh, withered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so fucking proroguing. So what's the, what's happening now? Because like I said, the last I heard about it was just after the parliament. Uh, uh, so John Burko uh, recalled parliament. Yep. He recalled parliament actually as soon as the Scots um, said that mm-hmm. the prorogation was illegal. Yeah. Because their ruling applies to all of parliament. Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. So parliament is back. What's happened um, to the October 31st deadline and the attempt to strong arm Boris into taking no deal off the table? 
Well, um, it looks as though... So Boris has essentially presented the Europeans with an unacceptable solution to the Irish border problem, Mm -hmm. which is basically um, we're going to have checkpoints, but not right at the border. They're going to be a little bit in from the border. Yeah, that stupid fucking um, thing. Which doesn't make any sense. And then we're going to put a GPS tracker on the vehicle and track it for the 10 kilometres between... We're going to use a smart border. And... uh, Oh, I know that you're all uh, nervous about the idea of a border, uh, but what if we just had a big 10-kilometer band demilitarized zone where essentially all of your fears about a border would be manifested, but also with this bizarre fucking needless blue sky horse shit that we've been known for. But he's also worked out a terrible deal with the DUP, Mm. where the other offer is um, Northern Ireland will stay in the European Customs Union, Mm. um, but it will also be integrated with the UK economy, Mm -hmm. um, which essentially means that Europe would have an unsecure point for goods coming into the country, Mm. uh, which the Europeans have just said no. Yeah. So, uh, basically, Boris will have to ask for an extension or they'll get kicked out at the end of the month. Yeah. Because cool. his ideas turned out to suck well, as much as we thought they would. Yeah, fingers crossed then for a, for an extension and for a general election after that. And then Corbyn's Corbyn plan's and- quite good. Corbyn's been rubbished in the media insanely because his hmm. plan's the only reasonable one that's been put forward, which was, I don't trust the Tories to negotiate this deal. Yeah. If we win the general election, we will negotiate a deal with the Europeans and then the public can vote on it. Yeah. Yeah. And a binding referendum. Which is exactly... Um, this is Which is exactly those, what the media have been yeah, fucking asking for so for many of, three years. So many of those great... Labour's going to campaign against its own deal. Yeah. Not what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so fucking dumb. So many of those good, like, Twitter screenshot... Two screenshot comparisons where it's some fucking toothy bastard being like, Oh, uh, what Corbyn needs to do is a people's vote... And then the next thing being like, Corbyn's people's vote plan, a gross betrayal of the British oh, public. It's just they fucking- They're fucking the worst. Yeah. And, it's um, the same as the shit that's happening in America. The substance doesn't matter. It's just they hate the idea of any socialism. Basically. Oh, yeah. Pro-Remain liberals have spent no time over the past three years reflecting on why people voted to leave the European Union mm. and- um, if of course. Brexit falls through and they remain in the EU, nothing will change mm. uh, while liberals have got their hands on the till. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Sleaford mods. Do you know Sleaford mods? Again, no. This is not a good day for me knowing things. <laughs> I do not. Who are the Sleaford mods? They're good. They're a couple of, uh, a couple of good lads from, from north, I think. North, north of London. Oh, uh, North London. Uh, north of London. They're in the in the Shires somewhere. Ooh, that's know. actually quite nice. And uh, one of them makes extremely simple beats that is just like a drum and a bass guitar. And the other one uh, does like half rappy, half sung rants over the top. That oh, that sounds really, fun. It's, they're quite good. And I, might have, political, I, I might check them out. political stuff. There's a bit where he's like, I don't know if they're pro-Corbin or not, but there's a bit where he's like... Bring the neolibs back. I'm sorry I voted for anarchy. That's great. <clears throat> They're good. They're good. Uh, that line, not demonstra- demonstrative of uh, great political intelligence. But anyway, it just reminded me. They're good. <laughs> They're a good little outfit. 
Oh, the sleaford sa- mods. They sound fun. Yeah. I'll have a look at the mods. Trip to Spar is like a trip to Mars. They're good. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, oh, do you want to take a look at something that was just showed up in my driveway? Oh, my God. Do you want to take a guess at what oh that is? Oh, my God. It's an Ushi. It's a rare Lion King Ushi. Oh, wow. It was just in the uh, in my driveway when I got back from America. Cool. You can tell it's not a valuable one because it's not covered in schmutz. <laughs> it's a little golden Ushi. Well, that's... I don't know why the fuck uh, it was in my driveway. Well, hopefully it's not because a listener knows where we live. Yeah. Or rather, you live. <laughs> uh, anyway, my next story is that while I was in America, uh, ignoring, uh, by and large, political stuff in favor of a tour of their uh, fast food outlets, Scott Morrison was doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, instead of going to the fucking climate summit, he ch- he checked out a smart drive through at an American McDonald's, and there's some great photos of him. Uh, grinning like an absolute dipshit uh, with <laughs> with sausage and egg McMuffin just in the background, which is sort of the kind of political photo that... He's never going to get another Beefies moment. That was the fucking best, wasn't it? Beefies was the oh. high point. Was the high <laughs> point. But let's talk a little bit about... Uh, it needs to be his parliamentary oil painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. You go in there and there's fucking... <laughs> John Howard sitting on a stack of phone books <laughs> so that his shoulders are at the same height as the other Prime Minister's paintings and, you know, Kevin Rudd with his stupid little fucking tiny cartoonist smirk like he's a drawing, like he's a fucking advertising child for beans from the 1940s. Julia Gillard then, looking like she doesn't realise she's being painted despite having sat there for four <laughs> hours. Yeah, and then, yeah, beefies. Uh, let's so talk good. about let's talk about uh, Morrison in America because there's mm. there's a few. He's fucking, a great guy. Yeah, man of titanium. So, so he it's basically just been the liberal high command crawling up the ass of Donald Trump, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is one of the creepy bits of Australian mm. bipartisan politics where even the voting public are mostly behind this idea of. We have to keep the Americans happy. Yeah. For security. <clears throat> yeah, for security. Right, okay. <laughs> As if they'll do a fucking thing if China rolls tanks onto the shores of the Northern Territory. Right, they'll sell us missiles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. They will sell us missiles. They might even guarantee sake. that they work. They've already sold us, yeah, seven model planes <laughs> that we can sit in and go, and pretend like it's actually capable of flight. All of our pilots <clears throat> are too tall to survive a technical problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was all of the climate shit where basically we went there and we completely abdicated our responsibility on the global stage to do anything about uh, climate. This was during the climate strikes, which you're going to talk about a little bit. <clears throat> and then just recently, as impeachment proceedings finally sort of started uh, rumbling up into life against Donald Trump, uh, our politicians fell over themselves to, to declare their support and eternal love and to throw Alexander Downer under the bus, which oh, yeah, was- I can't help but just be amused by in a sort of politically nihilistic way. This is one of those strange heroes times. <clears throat> yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> tr- truly unreal. What's going on? Fuck. 
maybe Georgina Downer will g- get some shine off this and she'll finally <laughs> be able to get a municipal council seat in <laughs> regional South Australia. Uh, fucking hell. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Morrison and I think Dutton. Oh, no, Joe Hockey. Scott Morrison and Joe Hockey. Fell Peter over Dutton. themselves. Peter Dutton, like, did his equivalent of falling over himself, which was nearly twitching to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> insectoid kind of shudder. Yeah, yeah. A reptilian flick of the eyelids. Tremendously fucking, <laughs> yeah. Tremendously XCOM. There was just a, a disembodied cadence of discordant strings as he dropped it from the sky. Uh yeah, so uh, Joe Hockey and fucking Scott Morrison at the worst possible point in time when the US president, an openly criminal buffoon, is finally put in the crosshairs of uh, of the American, the fucking lumbering, inefficient American uh, legislative apparatus. Uh, suddenly, Scott Morrison and, and Joe Hockey are like, oh, you have our undivided support in illegally conferring with the Ukraine to get information on Hunter Biden or whatever the fuck is going on. I barely follow uh, it. That is the beautiful it's- thing. It's Hunter Biden because Trump mm. broke one of the real rules, not the stupid <laughs> yeah. rules that the public think exists. Yeah. One of the real rules when he went after an aristocrat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically it. It's just fucking, yeah, Hunter Biden who famously- uh, Famously God. has not spent anywhere near this level of energy defending himself from anything ever. Hunter Biden. Yeah. Why does doesn't he give seem, a shit? He doesn't seem to care <clears throat> what happens to him. He's just sort of No, because he's on a breezing <laughs> through the he's world with of- the fucking debonair carelessness of James Dean, for, despite being fucking Joe Biden's son. He's like, yeah, I got head from my brother's widow while I was out of my mind on fucking crack in a hotel room. While I was <laughs> undertaking important business for the US government, what of it? And everybody's like, well, the American dream, baby. Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah. The least, in my opinion, of Donald Trump's crimes, which is trying to get 100%. slimy political uh A family compromise. that no one should care about. Yeah. I mean, in a bizarre sort of amoral way, I'm kind of for it if it makes Joe Biden drop out of the race. But this is the crime that, yeah, that that got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in a tizzy. So they've stood up and begun impeachment proceedings, which... Which won't lead anywhere anyway. No, I mean... the Senate will just shrug it off. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's useful or not to have him impeached, even if the Senate doesn't uh, pass it, but... I think um, having him impeached for the sake of it is fucking stupid. Everything about Congress at the moment is stupid. That's why it's so hard to get energy. Why? <laughs> yeah, I know. You, uh, I know. In front of me, withering, and I'm <laughs> feeling it in my own heart, is because all of this shit—the Mueller report, the fucking impeachment thing, the <clears throat> the the Democrats taking the House and stuff—means nothing with Pelosi in charge, and with Schumer uh, doing his. But she's a master stretch. masturbator, Kieran. <laughs> Now she's got the gavel. She's just going to whack that button. Yeah. 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 Until everything feels better. <laughs> Do you think she's capable? 
Do you no. think I do you think she, that she masturbates or do you think that she goes and devours a baby goat whole? I think and that's at least eighty percent of Congress oh, have totally abnormal sexual functions. At least eighty percent. That's 80%. a conservative yeah. estimate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like I don't want to throw asexuals under the bus because mm. you know, they're 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 uh, they're people too. And I'm kind of envious of them. But <laughs> Yeah, what a fucking There's a also life. also no uh sexual uh, activity in the cases of like Ted Cruz because he's yeah. a jellyfish colony. But it's not that he's asexual. No, he just it's reproduces sub- asexually. He reproduces <laughs> asexually, yeah, and sublimates his sexual desire into the Zodiac killings. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, our political leadership has completely abdicated its responsibility on the world stage with uh, the climate stuff and with the not siding with the criminal president as he's finally brought the task <laughs> stuff. Just baffling. A baffling decision. Whilst also we're still 100% cool with Indonesia slaughtering West Papua. Oh, yeah. We don't give a fuck about what... Because uh, there's a gold... Ma- oh, it's not even gold, is it? It's copper. It's yeah. a very unflattering. It's like one of the starter-level mines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's You've just gotten out of the stone quarry. You're but like, we yes, need that I can build some massive short copper mine because we refuse to do modern telecommunications technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking bizarre. But then you don't need copper to do what Telstra's doing, which is just to leave the old copper in the ground and <laughs> That's then true. wait for... Can we get some fucking crackheads in this country so that they can tear up the copper wiring and they're forced to replace it? Oh, they wouldn't replace it with fiber optic gear. And they they're doing something in the street. Uh, at the moment, and I wonder if it's NBN shit. I haven't looked it up. They'll usually, uh, if you just walk near them, they'll say, I'm not with Telstra. And that's mm. how you know it's an NBN guy. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to talk to them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them out there. Well, they were swarming around Richmond for a while. Yeah. But they've been replaced by the usual road workers. Yeah. Good. Love this fucking country. All right. That's my thing. <laughs> Good thing. Thank you. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you haven't talked about to me. it. All right. Well, I'm not pandering to you. I'm just trying to be nice. You, you know, you've, you haven't slept much. Disgusting. You're, you're still recovering from. I've a been long waking flight. up early like a psychopath. Yeah, I found when I got back from Spain, my mm. bartender's body clock had actually been reset to normal time, and it was for like two weeks. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I could move around. I could think. It was the best. I keep waiting for the hammer to drop because I will start to fall asleep at around eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. No matter what I'm doing. Uh, and then I'm up at like seven or eight. That's the best. Which is... Cher- <laughs> functional it. humans are listening cherish to this it, and man. being like... Cherish it. Because I... Ooh, eight o'clock. I've so reset anyway. now and I yeah. can't fall asleep until yeah. two in the morning at least again. And I <clears> fucking hate it. Yeah, so yeah. angry. That's my natural thing as well. Two, two in the morning when I'm on a functional thing. And then if I'm left to my own devices without work or something. Yeah. Four this is or five. where so I'm in that sweet spot as well, where hospitality has been exacerbated by student mm. stuff. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, brain, it's exhausting. I, also, my brain's thirty, not eighteen, so I, I can't do the things I used to when it's, I was tired. It's <laughs> crushing. In this, uh, yeah. I'm so physically atrophied that my body's probably closer to forty-five. I think, anyway. it's, I think it's cruel to expect people <laughs> over the age of 25 to participate in the gig economy. 
It's cruel to expect anybody to participate in the gear economy. It's no, I, I I need to build a coalition of people that oh. can throw another coalition of people under the <laughs> bus. That's the only way you actually get anything done. So, All right. Well, <clears> I guess... They're... I'm against the under-25s now. The Zoomers. I'm the Joe Biden of the Millennials. <laughs> Give me a break. You're going to tell rambling anecdotes about mm. trying to catch Bowser's tail and how it was more difficult than it should have been because the pixels didn't match the yep. like action boxes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Back in my day, you don't have to deal with anything. We had to deal with coming to terms with the fact that Linkin Park were not actually that good. No, they were not. <sighs> Fuck. I've had numb stuck in my head they this morning. They were just Evanescence with better people skills. They're better than Evanescence. They were. I don't know. Now I'm going back on what I just said. <laughs> Hybrid Theory was a good album. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never got into the park. Um, I've become so numb, Darcy. What's your next story? Let's fucking work it on. What is my next story? Oh, yeah. The Climate Strike. The climate Strike. So, um, we had a Climate Strike because mm. we thought it would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greta asked us to, and... Who could say no to that little face? Yeah. Ah, she's so cute. So we said, all right, we'll go on a climate strike. And 100,000 odd people turned up to Spring Street. It was fantastic. Big. It was so awesome. Mm. I got immediately separated from the buddy I went along oh, really? with. Couldn't find her for the rest of the day. Nice. Uh, it turned out she'd beaten up a police officer and gone to the pub or something. Hey. Because the police were really fucking annoying. I bet. Right? So they decided, because there's 100,000 people here, Mm. it might be a bit dangerous and disruptive if they wander through the whole city. So we're going to corral them into the tiniest space (laughs) we can physically fit them. Yeah. Uh, Which was, we went went down Collins Street, Mm -hmm. and we turned left at Russell Street. Okay. uh, I I don't know if it's Flinders Street or if it's um, Wellington Parade at that point. Mm. But we turned left again and went back up to Spring Street. So, okay. 100,000 people very slowly and arduously moved around two city blocks. But I was very heartened to see some Zuma children tranting, one, two, three, eat the bourgeoisie. Yeah, nice. that's good. <laughs> the kids are good. Uh, the kids are very good. We, they... we passed some 1% on a balcony uh, that were, like, wearing those horrible suits Australian businessmen love, where yeah. they're sort of way too fucking blue. Yeah, Way yeah. too blue and way too uncrumpled. Yeah. Hey mate, hey mate, you know what would be fucking bonza is if all the suits we wore were fucking racers suits. So just every, nobody ever felt safe. The prospect of date rape is around every corner when you're at my fucking corner of the city. Their faces were all like way too red for men that young. Yeah. Also way too round for men that young, if you ask me. Mm. And yeah, they were just sort of standing on a balcony at a horrible looking gastro pub. Yeah. Uh, being really surprised and not understanding, possibly because they couldn't read uh, any of the <laughs> banners that were going past. Yeah. They were eating very overpriced prawns and drinking those weird beer glasses that look like vases. Oh, yeah, the tulips? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, for your, if you're not Belgian and you yeah. drink out of those, you're an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like two beers that the tulip makes sense for because they've got aromatics or whatever, and if you're fucking drinking a beer and caring that much about the aromatics, go fuck yourself. Like, exactly. Essentially. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. They they, <clears throat> they had little idea what was going on. I couldn't hear any of the speeches because uh, I was too far back because there yeah. were too many people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was... Too many people. Darcy Moran on the well, climate strike. You know, I mean, what can I say? It was mm. annoying... 
Yeah. There everyone, so many people brought their kids with them because mm. there were enough people, 100,000 people. There were only about seven police. We could have just, like, walked past them and yeah. done an actual, like, city occupation strike like we were supposed to. Yeah. But all these fucking people had brought their children along to a confrontation with the police. So, obviously, well, I mean, it was, we couldn't do anything. It was meant to be a high school student thing, right? Yeah, but, like, you children, children. To the, yeah. They had... Well, most people there were adults. Like, the overwhelming majority yeah. of people yeah, were of adults. And they'd brought babies, yeah. which you can't let get pepper sprayed. That's true. It's illegal. <laughs> so uh, we had to obey <clears throat> the police because all these fuckers had brought hostages with them. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure that they weren't uh, <laughs> crisis actors? Um, <laughs> I'd love an Australian crisis actor. I feel like they'd overdo it enormously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, They're standing crikey, there mate! trembling in a desaturated, the most desaturated corner of the room, being like, ah. Oh, when I was a, when I was a boy, oh, <laughs> me dad, me dad. That's my impression of every Australian actor in a drama. Yeah, and a very good impression. Mm. Nicole yeah. Kidman's <clears throat> look, looking mournful and ineffectual in the corner as she tries to figure out how she's got herself in this situation yet mm. yet again. Yeah, yeah, yep. Joseph Fiennes punches through another wall. Yeah, Joseph am, Fiennes. Ah, he does a lot of like shitty dude roles. Joseph, do you mean Joseph Fiennes? Yeah, that one, Ralph's son. Yeah, he's it's like his dad, but ripped British. I don't know. He's British. Mendelssohn, Ben Mendelssohn. Before he got to America, he he's did a, a bunch of Australian films with Nicole Kidman. Oh, really? It was they were all really depressing things yeah. set in the dislocated outback where he was an asshole and she was depressed. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so Australian movies then. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I regret never seeing that Hugo Weaving one with the salt flats and the kid because that was meant to be quite good, but I just dismissed it out of hand because I'd just recently seen Beautiful Kate and been like, oh, there really is just one movie. I can't tell which of them are good and which of them are bad because they're all the same emotional flatline. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought Beautiful Kate was quite good, but it was just so exhausting in its, like, aesthetic. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all it's all just dry grass. Australian cinema. I could go on about this for hours. The fucking funding. It's all. It all starts with the funding conditions. People. It's the same as the Miles Franklin. To present Australian life is a criterion. It's. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I went to the climate strike in New York. Was it? Uh, was it good? Did you get shot? I didn't get shot. But the threat was always there. No, New York is, you know, pretty liberal, I guess. Uh, we we stayed in the hotel room for most of the day, for most of the morning. And then we caught the subway, the famous subway, haha, <laughs> just like the sandwich, uh, to Wall Street. Walked past the bull, which is a genuinely satanic edifice. <laughs> it's hard to... Because oh, when you just look at the photos, I, it's I like... I can't remember the guy who put it together, but he's a really mm. nice Spanish man, and he always gets really upset when people criticise the bull. Yeah, yeah. He's I, like, I was just trying to be inspirational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in a Spanish context, it would make a lot of sense, and you'd be like, oh, what a nice... Because it's a beautiful sculpture, you know? Yeah. But when you're in America, fucking <laughs> in that context, and you walk past it with its testicles out, and it's just like, so... It's positively demonic uh and then we walked down to the fucking the park and we got to see americans struggle with uh the concept of being friendly with one another <laughs> as were there a lot of pat downs <clears throat> uh no pat downs uh the the cops just mostly seemed exhausted i'm sure that they killed somebody at some point during the day but not while i was there uh 
the vegan protesters were trying to protest the climate protest for not being climate focused enough. There was a guy walking around for being animal focused enough. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there was a guy walking around with a placard who obviously does this on the daily and tells people not to get sucked into uh, the oil thing. And he was walking around the climate protest, yelling at school children, being like, "Don't be a fool." Don't go, don't let them send you overseas for oil. And it's like, you need to update your gimmick, dude. It's a different room. Don't buy shares in Enron. <laughs> yeah, it's basically that. The smartest guys in the room in fucking Houston, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was basically that. We watched uh, a very impassioned uh, high school girl on the stage give a very, like, kind of uh, a, a point uh, like a handoff AB thing with a really really awkward guy from a high school so that was fun that she was like up there being quite charismatic and he was oh and also uh, uh. yeah that was good some rapper that I didn't know performed oh. and then we ducked out and got a I drink in a non-recyclable wax lined cup you at the bar fucking on the water it. and looked at the uh, looked at the Statue of Liberty and drank fucking frozen pina coladas we had a nice. While Greta spoke, we missed a nice Greta unified thing at our one. We mm. had there were there were vegans and non-vegans mm. standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, um, that's good. I helped carry the vegan banner because it was yeah. really fucking windy and sure they're all they're all small vegans. Yeah, they're lovely people. I'm actually a fan. I'm pro-vegan. Uh, I'm not a vegan, but I'm like in favour of their causes. It just there was just a sort of a little bit of. Uh, I'm pro-vegan. I'm just not changing. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm a weak. <laughs> I'm a weak person, and uh, You're not a weak person. Mads would probably die on a vegan diet, legitimately. Oh yeah, but uh, she can't eat any vegetable matter. Yeah, there's like she'd have to just be three. on soylent. I guess it's just like just zucchinis. We would have to eat just zucchinis and silverbeet and tomatoes, <laughs> but no root vegetables <laughs> or legumes or lentils or anything. Uh, God, you'd yeah. be pooing like fiends. There's just this this fucking this thing with Americans where yeah they're they're conceited. They're fucking solipsistic people. Australians are pretty bad. Yeah, they are. Do you know that it's bit just, where, like, not as during the as... climate argument, they're always like, well, we only produce 1.4% yeah, yeah, of the yeah. world. It's like, that's oh. a fucking lot for 20 million people, yeah, 25 yeah. million people. But also, yet we sell the coal that produces yeah. 50% of the world's yeah. carbon emissions. We sell the coal, we tender a lot of the manufacturing. You, you're and- the ones who keep going on about how yeah. lucrative the coal sector is. Yeah. Why do you think that is? <laughs> yeah. They're not all just freaks like the Prime yeah. Minister who likes to have a lump in his pocket to fucking comfort yeah. him. Like a, like a gonk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always like, uh, what about China and India? They're the ones that fucking make all of the shit that we buy and therefore contribute it's, as well. It's fucking, it's really dumb. No, uh, Australians are dumb China could as power well. Australia with its current renewable sector. Yeah. So we need to stop... Tr- going on about that <laughs> yeah 100% my point isn't that Australians are not contemptible people because they absolutely are but just when uh, compared to Americans we still have some learning yeah because this was all people on the same side and they were still itching to fight with each other and I heard like one high school person being like uh, one high school girl being like equal rights what about f- uh, sorry climate rights what about fucking equal rights and it's like yeah I mean good point but stay on message for fight we all watched Occupy Wall Street fall into a fucking heap because of this shit yeah stop it stay the on troops message. during the liberation of france like what about belgium yeah yeah exactly 
One thing what at a time. What makes the French Americans. so important? <laughs> yeah. I mean, ask Jacques Chirac. No, we can't. He's dead now. Yay! <laughs> I feel bad about that. He was a dick, but at least he was an anti-invading Iraq dick. Yeah, he's sure. Remember that? Yeah. When I there do. was a European leader who stood up to the Americans and yeah. didn't do it in a ridiculously roundabout, subtle way. <laughs> Just went, nah. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible idea. You're an idiot. We're got not helping you. <laughs> got so much shit. France got so much shit in that time. They were crippled by the Freedom Fries thing. <laughs> French suicide rates in France went through the roof. Yeah. National disgrace. How do they disrespect us? And our not Belgium's national dish. They were probably thrilled that... I don't know why my French... The Americans stopped like referring to their limp, stringy, potato, bland sticks yeah. as French fries. American <laughs> French fries are much worse than Australian fries. Yeah. On average. Because Americans use terrible potato. Because it's all yeah. industrial farmed, waxy, shithouse potato. Yeah. And they barely... We went to this one bar, right? Uh... And we, we would be, it was in Santa Monica. This was with Marcus and Amy, uh, me, Marcus and Amy. Ah, uh, how is my friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Molyneux? Yeah, he's, he's well. And Amy's, Amy's He will well. be on this podcast if he ever comes back to Melbourne. He's in Melbourne. Is he? Yeah. We're getting him on the podcast. I mean, we can try. I've tried before. <laughs> it's he, very difficult. He bailed. Uh, he's like a cat up a tree. We, we went to Venice Beach and we went to Santa Monica and we went to this bar and it was like, uh, we would be jonesing for fries. We hadn't eaten in hours. We get a beer. Beer was terrible. We got a fry. We got fries. These fucking soggy, shitty home fries come out. Firstly, home fries, not fries. And then secondly, badly done. And we're like, oh shit, these weren't very good. Let's try something else because we were still hungry. Let's get a pretzel. Let's get a big soft pretzel. Fucking loaf of bread comes out. Pretzel bread. Granted, it has it's the not pretzel, a pretzel, but it's a loaf of bread. With mustard and cream cheese. It was fucking... That sounds awful. It was terrible. So that was my experience. The whole thing the about the pretzel strike. is the surface area. That's yeah. the good bit of the pretzel. Exactly. S-A colon V. All the middle bit is just stuff that you can't not have because it's not how baking yeah, works. Yeah, because of <laughs> the principles of dough. Yeah. But 100%, it was just, yeah. What a Fucking up the surface area to volume ratio. way to miss the point of something. Yeah. And then it cost us like fucking 60 bucks to get back to where we were staying because <laughs> we were stuck in Santa Monica at rush hour like a couple of, like a few idiots. Oh, like tourists. Yeah, like tourists. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, my, my point is- so, Yes, climate strike. Daniel Andrews, the progressive premier mm. who has used um, any excuse he can to continue chopping down birthing trees. Yeah, um, yeah. The he, fucking Jabberwung thing is really... He sent uh, dozers and security people in when the activists were protesting outside Parliament House. Yep. Um, which was a, a moment of amazing paralysis for me. I've never felt the loss of my licence so... Well, the confiscation of my licence mm. so uh, painfully as when I heard that that was happening and I had no way of getting up there. It was yeah. awful. Yeah, I was uh, in America when I read that, and I was reading just, it in real time, and I was just, like, fucking clenching my fists, because... Screamingly awful. Um, yeah. And, anyway, uh, he, yeah, he decided that um, the climate strike was going to be kettled and contained. And as a consequence, even though we had 100,000 people, the New York one was probably more effective, just well, because yeah, we achieved maybe. no disruption or reclamation of the city. Like, it was... yeah. 
Well, I don't think the New York one did either. It was all contained to parks <sighs> and shit. God. But Greta was there, so, you know, that was something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, she's, you know, doing well enough to be uh, despised by men old enough to be yeah. her father, which is good. <laughs> she's fine, and yeah. And her grandfather. I, a lot of the stuff around, like, the hero worshipy stuff, I don't have a problem with because... You know, I don't think that she's heroic, but because it's obviously people uh, abdicating their responsibility. This third, fourth time I've said that phrase. Uh, well, there is a lot of, of hero worship. There is a lot of abdication going on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and the 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 highlight being Chelsea Clinton retweeting the video of her saying, "You know, you've stolen my childhood. You know, how dare you? You people got very upset about s- that. Yeah." They have stolen her childhood. Yeah. Literally. Like, she's been forced to campaign for yeah. climate change awareness when she should have not yeah. had to, because grown-ups were supposed to be running things. Yeah. In yeah. front of a fucking truly disgusting commentariat that, like, call her all sorts of fucking horrible they, things. They are more Sam annoyed at an adolescent for being angry that the world is not ending, is being ended. Yeah. Than they are with the people who are ending the world. Yeah. It's so weird. It's it's grotesque. It's truly... I hate the media people. Yeah. I hate the political people as well, but they're animals I expect... Like, everyone expects the political people to be yeah. shithouse. Yeah. The media people really don't have any reason to be. No, they've fucking become... People will still buy your newspaper if you are brave and truthful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no advantage to be gained by being a shifty shithouse rat. Yeah. Truly despicable. All right. That's why we call the show Weakness for Bleakness. Yeah. Should we do... And now we're going to do uh, topics. Topics. Do you want a tea break first? I'd love a cup of tea because we can get into those croissants I brought as well. Yeah. All right, listener. We'll be back. Topics, 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 topics. Welcome back, listener. Welcome. Uh, oh, we didn't eat the croissants. No, we didn't. And we didn't talk about the Joker. No, we didn't talk about. Do you want to Joker. talk about the Joker? Let's talk about Joker before I get into my main topic. Uh, Joker discourse has been drive. It's my one bad day that might turn me into the Joker. <laughs> There's uh, been much more made of this character in recent years than was ever conceived of by yeah his. Uh, I mean, there's so many initial design. There's so many angles to take. Uh, I'll start out with a disclosure. I'm excited about the idea, like in a pretty mild way, not profoundly excited, but excited about the idea of the film with Joaquin Phoenix, who I think is a dope actor. I agree. I'm excited for Jared Leto not being the Joker. Yeah, yeah, that's also good. Uh, I like that basic premise. So that's my disclosure that I'm sort of semi on side with Joker as an idea. Do you think that being born with a hair lip could be enough to turn somebody into the Joker? Well, being born with a hair lip and then being rejected by a series of black women, sure. Uh, as appears to be the conceit of the film. I don't know. Well, I, here's my second disclosure. Todd Phillips, the director, is an idiot. Yes, he is. He's a true idiot. However, everything about the conversation from the... Tipper Gore style pearl clutching moral panic over the pernicious effects of the film to the endless series of half wits just regurgitating the phrase Joker's trick on Twitter as though it's still a good punchline. Everything about it drives me up the fucking wall. And 
And basically, dear listener, if you're sane and not poisoned uh, by the internet and haven't been following the discourse for a minor comic book movie, as, uh, congratulations, firstly, on being comparatively well-adjusted. But what's happened is this movie, Joker, which is a kind of gritty, Scorsese, you said Chuck Palahniuk, which is Yeah, it's like is fairly DC does Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, does Fight Club slash Taxi Driver, as I'm seeing a lot of comparisons to Taxi Driver. <coughs> Jesus and basically, Christ. Uh, Talk about weakness for bleakness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, listener. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, it's this movie about how the Joker becomes the Joker. A different version of the Joker, different name is Arthur something, and he's played yeah. by Joaquin Phoenix, who was a, one of the best living actors. And there's not an actual canonical Joker origin story, mm-hmm. but this seems like they've borrowed very heavily from the Killing Joke idea that he was yeah. a stand-up comedian who couldn't. He was. He was. He was a not funny. Stand-up comedian. Yeah. Very sure. much an alt-right stand-up comedian. I guess, yeah. Uh, they're doing a, yeah, sort of a king of comedy thing as well, I guess, with it as as well. And yeah, sort of from The Killing Joke, but it's also sort of like an, an alternate universe kind of Elseworlds kind of deal. Anyway, whatever. It's a movie that might be all right, might be shit. It doesn't matter. But fucking uh, ostensibly progressive media commentators have been falling over themselves to call this the most dangerous fucking piece of uh, warp stone ever to fall. Incel propaganda is a yeah. term I've seen. Yeah, incel propaganda. It's incel friendly. Uh, they don't know what incel means. Joker <laughs> Joker is one of the, maybe the only comic book villain who we know for sure fucks. Yes. Uh, undoubtedly. The others being Harley Quinn because... Because she's his... Because uh, they fuck Very each other. much long-suffering girlfriend. Yes, and then Poison Ivy because it's one of Quinn her. It's one of her fucks, weapons. Fucks... Uh, she fucks people, she fucks Harley Quinn, you know. The, there you go. As far as I know, that's the entire sexual... Uh, it's implied that, world. that Catwoman has sex. But that's yeah. only from dialogue. We've never seen it. Yeah, and she's... I mean, I guess she's a villain sometimes. The heroes fuck. Uh, we, we, we know that. Very carefully in the is case this, of Superman. Is this important? I guess so. Yeah, wasn't there a comic where he kills Lois Lane with his semen? Or no, am I, I would not be surprised. Am I thinking of something else? Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, people think this is the new fucking Doom. It's the new Jack Thompson and GTA thing. It's the new Marilyn Manson Slayer. And it's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's the same people Mm. who have been, like, laughing, rightly, laughing at Rush Limbaugh and Fox News since the yeah. 90s. Yeah. When those idiots have been accusing artists of being responsible for America's endemic yeah. violent crime problem. Yeah. Because, apparently, if you were going to kill somebody and you were on the fence about it, yeah, whether or not you hear a violent song or play a shooty game yeah. is going to be the tipping point. That tra- and that's directly yeah. the fault of the artist. Yeah. Jack Thompson used to call them murder simulators, police murder simulators, specifically in the case of GTA. It's fucking, it's so dumb and it bothers me. It's driving me fucking crazy because it's, it's dumb. It's the conservative moral panic shit that people used to hate uh, in the 90s, but now even previously rational people are like, oh, I don't know about this movie. And it's like, who gives a shit? Even if it is, I don't think it is going to be incel-friendly in the way that they're describing, but even if it is, who gives a shit? Shit art is allowed to exist. There are more 
pressing issues. But it's gotten to a fever pitch to the point that in New York, the the military and the police have issued warnings around it. And most recently, the NYPD have said that they're going to station officers in the theater while people are watching the movie, which is definitely going to kill more people. I know what makes me feel safe. The American yeah, police force. Yeah, nothing like a fucking... <laughs> Those guys have their finger on the fucking pulse of society. <laughs> yeah, nothing like a fucking 21st precinct thug <laughs> standing with his hand on his revolver to make me relax and watch a fucking film. All of this is based on the Aurora shooter who was erroneously reported as uh, yeah, admiring the Joker. Because he dyed his hair a stupid colour. Yeah. Because he was mentally a ill. A different colour to the character. An orange, wasn't it? Yeah, orange. Did and not- then the, the psychiatrists who uh, uh, interviewed him uh, in the fallout from the case said, no, he doesn't identify with the Joker. He wasn't dressing up as the Joker. He's not trying to be the Joker at all. I mean, you can't identify with the Joker because... He's not that kind of character. Yeah. He doesn't really have... Well, people definitely do. Do they? There's but- a bunch of ridiculous people online who identify with the Joker. And they but he the has so little stuff. psychology. Yeah. His psychology is, I guess, a node to which you could attach your kind of high school bully victim nihilism. <sighs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Nobody's ever shot up a fucking theatre in his name, like people are suggesting. And it's that's not how art works. It doesn't make people art. I'm not, like, an absolutist about art being downstream from uh, politics. I think that there is a bit of a feedback loop sometimes or whatever, but it's 100% majority art is downstream from politics. Well, I, I can tell you it's not how mass <clears throat> shootings work. Yeah. Um, incel violence really um is its own creation engine mm-hmm. it doesn't need and has never needed any kind of external validation no um in fact it's a culture that thrives on the fact that it doesn't have external validation yeah yeah it's a perfectly uh engineered brain virus that has nothing to do with taking <laughs> the wrong art for fuck's sake and also by the way the matrix which is probably a parable as of coming out as transgender, at least in part, is the one that the fucking incels take as their aesthetic template anyway, with the red pill, blue pill shit. So, you know, whatever. And I guess black pilled is the nihilism thing, which they're worried about with the Joker. It's just fucking, it's so stupid. And it's making me, like, angry in a way. Are you going to do a mass shooting? Yeah, I might do a mass (laughs) shooting about it. And then it's, what's really frustrating is the director of the movie is Todd Phillips of fucking Hangover sequels fame, who's a fucking dipshit, who said that you can't do comedy anymore because people get too offended. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, man. It's the equivalent of a fucking... People don't like old shitty material. Yeah, yeah. It's that you're a hack. Like, sh- surely you can recognize that. That's fine. You made the Hangover sequels. It's okay to be a hack if you want to. You've got to make your crust, but don't act like you were at the forefront of cutting-edge comedy and that that's no longer possible. So that's why he makes drama movies now, I guess. And also, yeah, he did the John Wick gaffe where he's like, nobody pulls up John Wick for being a white dude who kills 300 people. And as you pointed out, yeah, Keanu Reeves is definitely not white. (laughs) And, and just... John Wick is um, a 
absolutely has no pretenses about being a psychological drama yeah, based on real issues. Yeah. Which is how he initially presented the Joker film and is part of the reason, I think, why there's been so much hysteria yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's marketing. It's just marketing. It's so fucking dumb and so close to a good point if you were just like, oh, nobody kicked up a fuss about Zero Dark Thirty and how when violence is used for certain political ends, we uh, accept it or anything like that. Any of the trenchant commentary you could make about American media and its relationship with violence, which springs from the hellmouth beneath the continent. Oh, the fact that almost every single Hollywood film made, even romantic comedies, contain justifications for violent behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I liked, uh, there's a better uh, critique to be made about the violence in that. Than- yeah. But even then, I don't know, the critiques around that movie were dumb as fuck as well. Did you catch that movie? No. <laughs> it's pretty good. I watched it twice, because I went and saw it once with Marcus and Amy and once with Mads. I like it. I think it's a good movie. And a lot of people were like, oh, Quentin Tarantino is in favour of old Hollywood with its toxic max- masculinity, and he's against new Hollywood, represented by uh, disobedient young women. And it's like, the disobedient young women were real people. They <laughs> stabbed Sharon Tate, like, fucking 39 times. Yeah. While she was pregnant, those aren't abstract metaphors that Quentin Tarantino is exploring uh, There's also not an old in there. new Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's exhausting. America is such an exhausting country. Why doesn't Quentin Tarantino like all these progressive, new, massive, corporate, psychopathic institutions? Yeah, yeah. Watch it. Oh, it's like he fucking beat up Black Panther, which is not a fucking triumph of civil rights. It fucking blows my mind. The, the, the despotic, weight. autocratic monarchy that yeah. is chosen by violent combat. <laughs> yeah, where the villain is almost entirely justified in his uh, uh, motivations, if not his actions. In the same, like, couple of years that, like, fucking Get Out and Moonlight and Fences and shit, all these great uh, gems of black cinema came out, the fucking hill that people chose to die on was the giant toy movie. It's fucking, <laughs> it's bizarre. Anyway, speaking of America, should we speak about America? Let's speak about America. Uh, I've just come back. I have my field report. All right. From from the country. Uh, where to start? David Lynch's shit makes a hundred percent more sense now. The, the last, <laughs> the last little like one fifth of not getting David Lynch uh, that I still had. Going there, it makes total sense. The entire country is heaving with dark psychic energy. Marianne Williamson is right. (laughs) It's a physical force. It's not fucking abstract woo-woo nonsense. So her white witchery is actually quite essential. Yeah. It all has its roots in fucking material origins, of course. But, like, yeah, it's a fucking tense place. They're the most solipsistic and stubborn people I've ever come across. Every aspect of American life has just one kind of fucking uh, bizarre idiosyncrasy that you're expected to know about from like the vagaries of the tipping system to like where you're supposed to sit in a car. I don't, that's not true. I'm fucking making that up. But the way that you're supposed to talk to people, they don't understand self uh, sarcasm or self-deprecation. So it's impossible to talk to them. They're all wildly arrogant. It's the only time I've ever had a conversation with, this was with a bartender in the drawing room, which is where we spent a lot of time. Uh, it's a dive bar in LA. It's, it's, it's cool. But we spoke with a bartender there 
and he comes over and he's like this big fucking jovial dude who does a massive pause on spirits and stuff. And you're like, this guy seems cool. I hope that like I can come across as cool enough to, that we have a good conversation. Right. Everybody's been in that situation. Absolutely. This was the one time where <laughs> within five minutes, I radically changed my position and was like, this guy's a cunt. I'm cooler than him. Cause he just hated everything. Everything was fucking bizarre. I don't, know how to describe it so you showed me a couple of pictures of a petrol station yeah yeah the, in in sioux falls south dakota which i think i said it r- reminded me of like a sort of american themed bit of a chinese yeah park or something yeah 100 percent. it was called the freedom value mart or something and it's a petrol station with a giant american flag on it's like on that roof bit that sits above the pumps do you get value for freedom there Fucking who knows? It's definitely not a fucking free country. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Do you want to know which celebrities I saw? Yes. Uh, Zachary Quinto. Never heard of him. He was the villain in Heroes. Ah, never watched it. Uh, Marcus and Amy saw Justin Long. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Justin Long. Justin Long. He's actually quite famous. We made fun of as being the shittest celebrity to see until we realized that he's actually a pretty cool i guess <laughs> i saw dino stamatopoulos writer oh, okay. for dan harman's stuff he almost got it uh he looks I'm like not an very alcoholic good at Greek surnames. He, he goes to the drawing room and he sits there with his laptop and drinks cranberry juice because he's a fucking alcoholic uh and it's i don't understand why you would do that the jewel the gem in our crown david spade really in a vintage clothing store in los angeles actual david spade actual david spade being lecherous. Of uh, Tommy Boy fame. <laughs> yeah, David Spade of Tommy Boy fame. Uh, yeah, that's everybody that I saw. Those are all the celebrities that I saw. Well, that's cool. Uh, the real thing that I want to talk about, because I went over there to study Louis J. West's papers at UCLA. He was a psychiatrist who did a lot of work uh, on cults and mind control and hallucinogenic stuff. He he was the guy that gave the elephant too much LSD working for the CIA and he killed the elephant. Uh, so, I, and I was there to like look at conspiracy theory and cults and stuff. Every single person in the United States is a firm believer in at least one conspiracy theory. Uh, or conspiracy theory light stuff. And every Uber driver is a fucking character. So one dude, uh, when we went to Venice Beach, he had a cutoff shirt and he was wearing a visor at an angle to the side, right? Proper SoCal surfer dude. Goodness me. And he's like... Didn't know that's still uh, in the wild as well. Yeah, yeah. And it was me and Marcus and Amy and he called all three of us bro. He's like, oh, bro, you're going to Venice Beach? Yeah, man. Oh, I just love Venice Beach. Ambiguous age. I think he was in his 40s, maybe. He, but he was must acting have like been he Generation was, X. He was, yeah, yeah. And he but, had a second visor in his dashboard uh, behind the steering wheel, covering up the speedometer, I might add. Did he have a Paulie Shaw cassette tape on the back seat or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised. So he's driving us around and he's like telling us about everything. And he's like, oh, man, you can't drink the water here, dude. It's all full of the chemicals that leak out of the pipe. Uh, it gives you man boobs, man. And I mean, he's probably half right. He's probably 100% <laughs> right. The fucking the drinking water in LA is bizarre. It doesn't hydrate you at all. 
uh, it's simulated water. And then he was talking about how, like, uh, the veggie burgers give you man boobs, but he's obsessed with the veggie burgers and he can't stop gobbling down veggie burgers. He used that exact phrase, just gobbling up the, gobbling down those veggie burgers, man. <laughs> like, again and again and again, the Carl's Jr. ones. And we asked him if Taco Bell was any good, and he's like, ah, uh, not that good, man. I'd say, like, maybe once, twice a week. So that's not very good. So how much <laughs> is he eating these fucking Carl's Jr. Impossible burgers or wow. Beyond Burgers or whatever that they have? Fucking hell. Uh, the other guy was a Cambodian dude who had definitely been in gangs when he was younger, but couched everything in his story about his friend who had been in <laughs> gangs. And his fucking conspiracy theory is my favorite one. Because, again, it's based in likely truth. He's like, uh, I'm not going to do the accent for this guy. Uh, Coward. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, organized crime. In, in Mexico, the drug running stuff, they're all laundering their money through fast food outlets in the US because they start off uh, and seem to make way too much money and spring up all over the place, right? Completely plausible, right? That's very plausible. <laughs> but do you want to hear the smoking gun, his smoking gun? Go on. All right. So El Chapo, right? Yep. El Pollo Loco. Is that a coincidence? Yes. El Chapo. El Pollo Loco seems a little too yeah, convenient for me. I mean, it's convenient because of the consistency of Spanish grammar. Sure. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I've not convinced you. Let me he- hit you with the follow-up. El Chapo Chapotle? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, this guy was the best. I've never heard of a conspiracy theory that was based on rhymes before. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah, like vague accidents and just a complete ignorance of the Spanish language. The fact that you think you can do, like, crypto theory on a language that you literally don't understand, even to the point of knowing the definite article. Like, fucking phenomenal. That's a lot of of words I see coming up in this language. (laughs) Must be a code. (laughs) Yeah, L fucking L L Pollo Loco. No, we we, we we do um improvised language in Cambodia. It's hard. It's like it's a knack. You have to. Yeah, that's why it's such a notoriously a difficult language. A lot of practice. <laughs> he uh, was he was the, the Vietnamese best don't get it. They think we're crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, we think they're boring. <laughs> Stupid fucking Uptight existing fucking words. Squares. Yeah, with their sensible words and. Not bounding to fucking completely nuts conclusions based on... That's what happens when you surrender uh, Buddhism to the tyranny of Confucius. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was very much an American mental illness that this man had, yeah. not a Cambodian. <laughs> no, one. I know. Yeah. But you uh, gave me Cambodian cultural <laughs> background. I was running with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So everybody has a conspiracy theory to the, the bartenders, uh, to the random guy from Ohio that I talked to drunk in the bar, uh, to the woman at that same bar who was so appalled by all of the secret societies spreading their hatred around the world that she started her own secret society based on love and compassion. Guess what? I'm a member and now you're a member too. And listener, you're also a member. Has she turned the game into- are- I just lost the game. Has she yeah. turned the game into a fucking cult? Into a cult. Wow. Into a positivity cult. <laughs> That's- There's, It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have an organizational structure or a mission statement except to spread love and compassion. Well, she's an evil genius and I feel better now. Yeah, yeah. We're all a member of this. We're in it together. <laughs> so what I found when I was staying in the backyard of this Italian director, 
who was a fucking character, Giuseppe. I love Giuseppe. He was so good. Uh, and I was talking to him and his friend from... What's the likely... The likelihood is close to zero that this guy will listen to this. Uh, so I was so this guy who was in a shit band... Yeah. Uh, I didn't tell him that. <clears throat> anyway, Epstein was the unifying uh, phenomenon. Everybody... Everybody believed in the uh, ill, the what do you call it, foul play. Yeah. Surround, obviously surrounding Epstein's death. So in that way, I think we can thank the Clintons for murdering Epstein in his jail cell. <laughs> I told Murray about Epstein Wasn't the, the other Clintons, night. Clintons, you fool! <laughs> <laughs> I told Murray about Epstein the other night, and he didn't really know anything about it, and he thought I was fucking mental. Uh, yeah, because it sounds like because exactly it sounds- what an idiot would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's true. And it was it really might be the thing that mends the American psyche if we can just get them behind if one. You give them an actual conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. Yeah. Well an actual conspiracy, yeah, yeah, for sure. That has all of the aesthetic trappings of the really good ones. And that's what that was. Uh yeah, they all believe in fucking conspiracy theory. Well, that sounds fun. I did, what, LA, New York, Yosemite, National Park, and, and South Dakota. And uh, it was unified. Talked to some hoteps. Uh, How were the hoteps? Very strange. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much shit, because uh, Mads knows them. But uh, Coward. Uh, you know, whatever. Interesting people. Uh, I mean, uh, Egypt was heavily Nubian. They're not wrong about that. Sure, but uh, I looked it up, and it was less... Less black than it is today, statistically, apparently. But also, whenever you're just spouting off historical data, you never know if you're well. We, we from actually, the Goebbels we know of- we know very little definitively about Egypt, other yeah. than there were never any uh, Israelite slaves there. Yeah, sure. And Jesus probably didn't come from there, and George Washington almost likely, uh, almost definitely not. No, George Washington did. Oh right, okay. He was. Um, Mark Antony and Cleopatra's nephew. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, Cleopatra lived closer Mm. to the dawn of space travel than she did to the building of the pyramids. That's very fascinating. That's how fucking epic the scale of Egyptian history is. We know almost nothing about the place. Yeah. I love those things. The the recent one that I heard was that the T-Rex lived closer to us in time than it did to the Stegosaurus. Really? But they're always pictured together. I know. Fascinating. I thought they were friends. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There was something else that I wanted to say about America, but I forget. Stegosauruses are assholes. Oh, uh, Yosemite National Park. I went to get some, like, nice wilderness experience, you know? Yeah. See what it's like living in kind of camping conditions with a lot of Americans. And uh, it's fucking... Anytime you go to an American thing that talks about being like a nature experience and hiking and stuff, what that means is extremely broad paved roads and a fucking, they had a bar, they had a pizza restaurant, they had a like- (laughs) Hiking pizza? Yeah. Had a kitchen and grill. So I walked the trails for a couple of hours and came back and had a Mai Tai. (laughs) And it was just like, they're so allergic to discomfort, those fucking people. And it means that you can't trust anything that you read online. Like, uh- I was reading reviews of, like, people were like, ooh, the Greyhounds, that's going to be an interesting thing, because I went to fucking Fresno and then uh, Yosemite by Greyhound and then by Yacht's bus. And uh, 
and I was reading reviews about the fucking LA bus terminal and it's like, oh, this sounds like the sketchiest fucking place on earth. This sounds like Moss Eisley Cantina. And you get there and it's like, there's a couple of fucking live wires hanging around and it's like, oh, it's like every bus station ever. Completely safe. But they're so allergic to the idea of discomfort. Despite being a fucking deeply immiserated people in a lot of ways. Well, they are still very heavily Christian. Yeah. They're supposed to love discomfort. Yeah, they should. But, uh, yeah, you can't trust them. You can't trust their opinions of anything. You can't trust their opinions of restaurants because they're just a bunch of people who just won't fucking... They'll take any disappointment and run with it. They're strange people, Darcy. I can't get my fucking head around them still. Is this why you hear... Americans are definitely the... Apart from, like, British gammons, Mm. who are pretty fucking spectacular. Mm. And we've got a population of them in Australia. But it seems you're much more likely in America, though, to run into the sort of person who's like... The problem with socialism is you're taking money away from producers and giving it to non-producers. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of just dogma, and it's it's definitely, is, a lot of it is capitalist dogma, but it's a lot of it's just like, this is the way the world works, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, no, it's not. It's fucking materially not. Your farm hasn't turned a profit in 15 <laughs> years, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just growing my corn, hogs. <laughs> yeah. Hogs made of corn. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, when we were in New York, we decided to stay in Williamsburg, because, you know, that's where all the hipsters go. Williamsburg is a contemptible place. It's fucking... Well, the hipsters like, are drawn to contemptibility. But it's... it's They're not... There are, like, more artistic suburbs where you get the more real hipsters that I'm quite fond of that you get in this city as well. But this was, like, South Yarra fucking, like, sons and daughters of investment bankers. We heard more than one group of girls having the conversation about which Sex in the City character they were. Oh, it's 2019, still. Darcy. And they still were. We were sitting having a fucking ridiculously overpriced Moroccan meal in fucking Williamsburg because we walked there and then we had to eat. And uh, this plume of smoke comes over the buildings just in front of the... We're sitting out on the fucking porch thing of the restaurant. This giant plume of black smoke is coming there. I'm sitting there saying at full volume, like, what the fuck is going on? Something's on fire. Why is nobody reacting to this? While vacant-eyed fucking socialites walk past me. Uh, We go around. There's an apartment building on fire. Mads threw up her lunch because of the smoke. And because of the stomach parasite that we likely picked up in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. But we stayed in South Williamsburg, which is the center of the Hasidic Jewish community. That must have been fun. It was fucking wild. Yeah. It's like being in They Live. They're out here. Invasions of the bo- invasion of the body snatchers. You're walking around and everybody's like glaring at you with abject suspicion. One of the things that's actually quite nice about being a mm. part of the Jewish community is that our hillbillies are all still like actuaries and contract yeah. lawyers. <laughs> well, half. This is the really interesting thing that I didn't know is that like half of the Hasidic people were like running successful bagel shops and tailors and all of the really like cliched like help yourselves out guys come on branch out and fucking like uh, accountancies oh, and stuff. You and don't then, say that to Irish folk musicians or <laughs> corroboree dancers. They're that, keeping a culture alive, Kieran. That's true because <laughs> yeah, because there also exists Irish lawyers. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying every Jew has to sell the tailor shop. I'm just saying all of you with tailor shops, come on, a uh, uh, a car dealership maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
anyway. Uh, I'm a haberdashery. Yeah. So half of them are like the cliche of the Jewish business owner and half of them are deeply impoverished because none of them learn English and because they have such an insular community. Not yeah. none of them. No, it's true. There's a, a there's a there's a there's like an ultra Hasidic the Hasidics have hillbillies within the hillbillies and yeah, they are fucking yeah. terrified. We have them in Melbourne as well. Yeah. Uh, but you don't see them very often unless mm. Well, there's uh, like a block and a half in fucking Balaclava, right? Yes. Um, Orem Road, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, mm. Yeah, you see them on their Razor scooters, which are their only concession to the modern world. Yeah, um, a lot of Razor scooters in New York as well. Because they're not allowed to drive yeah. on the Sabbath, but they can... Scooting is somehow less work than yeah, driving. Yeah, because it's fun. Because uh, you have to work harder, though. I, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, it's like that, but there's just several, several city blocks, an entire suburb of just uh, Hasidic people. It's really weird. And then they employ Mexicans in their stores and like... They even- phone the local council to complain because there's goddamn Wi-Fi in the park. I caught Moishi looking at dirty yeah, yeah, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that thing, their fucking <laughs> hatred of modern technology. They've all got flip phones. <laughs> it's bizarre. We they- watched that documentary, One of Us. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're weird. I, I guess I liken the Hasidics to... They're like our Amish, mm. but they're just a little bit too worldly yeah. to properly turn their backs on it. So they're stuck yeah. in this like paroxysm of fury because yeah. they can't bring themselves to entirely shut out because they also like their gadget dudes. Yeah. They're all secret gadget dorks and they just can't. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking phenomenal. We were in the Jewish supermarket buying our yogurt or whatever. And there's like this young girl, she's probably mid twenties, maybe uh young woman, I should say, uh, like doing the family shop or whatever. And everybody's like, we haven't heard them speak much. And when we've heard them speak, they're speaking in Yiddish to each other. And they're, like, conferring very... Again, fucking cliches, standing in little conferring blocks on the corner, like, hand gesticulating to each other and stuff. And then this this girl is in the fucking store, and she's this image of this conservative religious thing, and she's on the phone, and she's like, Well, which one do you want? And it's <laughs> like, it's just there's some fucking parallax there that doesn't make sense. Did she have that terrible wig on? Yeah, they all do. They all do. It's a, it's a, it's a deliberate choice. It's supposed to look like a wig. Of course, because if it were too realistic, it would, it would be, be immodest, right? Yeah. yeah, and also it's like a it's a it's just a, ha- a helpful guide, mm. so you know that you're not allowed to like shake their hand or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you spot them in the street. Yeah, you're like, don't don't shake that one's hand. Who is this dowdy? Woman? Don't want to get oh, us both stoned no. to death. Yeah, That'd what a fucking awkward. wild place. Anyway, it wasn't my uh, intention to dogpile on a religious minority, but nah. yeah, it's fucking strange. We we take a perverse pleasure in it, don't we? Yeah. Also, happy now, Rosh Hashanah to yeah. my Hebes. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Uh, fuck. Mazel tov? Is that general? Mazel tov. Yeah, it's a nice general thing to say. Yeah. You Sabbath or Rosh Hashanah or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Shalom. Shalom. Means peace. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I was going for, not Mazel tov. Anyway... Yeah, America. I'm sure that there's more to say, but it's fucking feeling a little bit like I'm forcing everybody to listen to my equi- audio equivalent <laughs> of the slideshow on, on the bedsheet. It's fucking... It's strange, and I'm going to spend a long time processing it, because it was stranger than I expected it to be. I knew, knew, the, knew the American mind less than I thought I did. Was it unsettling to learn that it was all both more real and more surreal than you had ever imagined. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent way more fatalistic about 
the future of America now. It's a fucking, it's an empire in decline, 100%. I, I have no faith in their ability to bring things around. Maybe with Bernie, something, and but it's going to take a Do the GTA games now seem less satirical and more immersive than they used to? Yeah, if anything, they're a toned down. <laughs> it's fucking, it's <laughs> such a strange place. Publication guidelines mean they can't actually capture the real madness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is 100% just wilder than you would expect. The whole fucking place has gone bonkers. And you can see the remnants of the civilization that used to exist, but it's gone. It's full, like, on a couple of occasions, on more than one occasion, and I shared this suspicion with, uh, I think with Marcus and definitely with Mads, uh, LA particularly, and this is where I, th- I think the water is maybe the key to this puzzle. Not convinced that LA isn't just a blasted hellscape or an abandoned parking lot or something and the entire city is like a chemically induced uh, hallucination or something. It feels so for- profoundly unreal in a series of really undefinable ways that, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced it's not a mass hallucination or a Musk-style simulation or something like that. I don't know. And that's there. therein lies the mystery of the water, which you can drink. It's safe to drink the tap water, but you can drink four litres of it and still not be hydrated. It's bizarre. New York water is good. When um, Graham Greene was in Italy mm. during the kind of rise of Mussolini's fascist party, he had a really interesting observation about what was happening to Italian culture, which yeah. was when he first went to Italy, Italy was an Italian country, basically. Yeah. Um, but by the time he left Italy, Italy had become an Italian spectacle. Yeah. And what had previously been an empty piazza was full of theatrical national posturing, and it seemed somehow even emptier than when there'd been no one there at all. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same. Same sort of weird vibe. Yeah, 100%. It's bizarre. Everybody's performing it. It's fucking... It's hard to get a grip on. It feels like everything is designed to irritate people and keep them, like, not placid, but unfocused somehow. It's genuinely too enormous for me to, like, wrap my head around cogently the problem there. And that's why it's the David Lynch thing that makes the most sense. And Because I'm not being a fucking fuzzy, magical thinker. I don't think that there's literally a spiritual force at play. But insofar as there has ever been a spiritual force brought on by a cocktail of material forces, it's fucking happening there. Like, it's... That's fascinating. (laughs) It's bizarre and sinister and really exciting for me as, like, a tourist of madness. That's why I was there. And I was worried that I was going to get there and it was all going to seem pretty normal and and humdrum or whatever, but no. It sounds very frightening. It is if you let yourself fucking get frightened. It's also a lot of fun. Like if, oh, for if sure. you're there as a tourist, but, <laughs> uh, for sure it would be fun. Yeah, but it's um the, the the kind of irrationality that you're talking about seems almost imposed or designed. Yeah, uh, and as this- if as if there's been an active intelligence working to stop people from thinking in a genuinely systemic way. Yeah, and I don't know... This is when I say it's too enormous to wrap my head around. I don't know if there's, like, legitimate kind of 80s and 90s CIA-style let's-introduce-crack-into-a-community-and-then-firebomb-a-neighborhood sort of shit going on. 
I don't know if it's that directed or if it's just the small efforts of a bunch of massive corporations. I don't think it can together. be that directed. I don't. I, see, yeah. one of the main things about conspiracy theories is that human beings do not have the competence to yeah, achieve yeah, conspiracy yeah. 100%. theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it definitely feels like. By intelligence, I'm thinking mm. more of a subconscious intelligence. The the, the, yeah, the yeah. logic of, a, of of the corporate system that they've yeah, chosen yeah. has just created this. Yeah, I guess what I meant was less like the CIA, but more like is say Coca Cola really fucking working to specifically destabilize a population in a specific way as a corporate strategy, or is it just that like oh Coca Cola does one little thing where they alter the sodium in certain markets and then uh, fucking the car rental company does this certain sort of thing to protect profits and it all stacks up. In, I, I in think one it's direction. just a consequence of all of these organizations yeah. pursuing um, profit. Yeah, yeah. It, that, and that and economic the, kind of fucking philosophy is there and it's, it's so damaging. Well, they, they have got the American public to a point where they have to either reject the premise of what they believe their country to be yeah. and start afresh or mm. come up with. F- magical problems that yeah. are the reason why yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. Which Conspiracy is- theory as psychological foreclosure makes intuitive sense yeah. when you go there and you see how people act. And it's very Orwellian. You know, it's it's, it's the hallmark of a successful authoritarian yeah. or totalitarian society. Totalitarians don't have to be authoritarian. Mm. Um, but if you, yeah, if you, if, if, if you create a national narrative that is strong enough... Yeah. People will come up with mad theories to think around yeah. the problem. Yeah. And the country is, like, rutting out from under them in a number of, like, really physical ways. Like, the infrastructure is dog shit, obviously. Like, the footpaths in LA are, like, going up and down and shit, and there's potholes everywhere and stuff. But also, like, there's a much higher incidence of acquired disability there, I noticed. A lot of people walking around with canes and walkers and, uh, like, mobility scooters and shit like that. And it just feels like exactly that kind of that mechanism that's forcing people to turn from the reality of their predicament to these fucking wild things. Like you can see how it is not just a case of like, is it better to be an ignorant chicken in a cage and be controlled, but essentially happy? Like that's not the case. You, a chicken in a cage loses its feathers. Yeah. That's happening with them. I spoke with, I made this mistake of speaking with this homeless dude outside a bar on like my first or second night there. My first night there, I think. And uh, because sometimes when you speak to homeless people in Australia, you get very normal people down on their luck and you get. Most people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, the like incidence of like radical movie like mental illness and delusion and stuff is so legitimately high that it could genuinely be dangerous to do it at some point. This guy wasn't dangerous, but like. I started talking to him and he was interesting and, uh, but he had this whole fucking wild story. And essentially what I think happened is that he was tortured by the police maybe a decade or 15 years prior, uh, in a way that basically fucked him up, uh, permanently. But again, uh, and this is an extreme example compounded by mental illness and, and, and absolute fucking, uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? Like poverty and, and, and dire circumstances. By circumstance. Yeah, yeah. But he, he'd spun that into a story where he thinks that the vampire bat population living in black and Latino neighborhoods in Los Angeles has given 
are the black and Latino population a, ser- a strain of slow-acting rabies, which causes them to be violent? And it's like, no, it's just police are violent in this city, and you happens to interact with a black police officer. But he had to spin it into this whole fucking, like, racially charged conspiracy theory. It's not an innate systemic issue. It's yeah. There's it's always something an else. There's factor. an external alien bats giving them rabies. <clears throat> a very, very rare strain of rabies that's slow acting and maybe fictional uh, infects significant portions of the fucking black population of LA. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's the sort of. That's routine. That Spoke to multiple people on acid. Is incredible. Which is rare. Like, <laughs> I just walking around the street, I don't speak to that many people on acid. But It sounds like you'd need acid to bring you up to some sort of, like, equivalency in America. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's fucking... It's such a... Such a wild what place. What you've described to me is basically a mental illness factory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I was on my way over, Marcus was like, welcome to the open-air asylum. And I was like, oh, classic Marcus overstating things and i was like no no it's maybe this whole like border thing is actually to protect mexicans well yeah it's it's i'm no longer trying to contain themselves (laughs) i tell you what if america legalizes weed then yeah mexico needs the wall because if they can undercut the cartel shit that's ruining their country we went to mexico as well Beautiful fucking country. Mexico City is not at all what you would expect just listening to... Mexico's got a fascinating history. Yeah. And a lot of it involves fuckery from America. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Mexico City is a large, prosperous fucking city with museums everywhere, European-style architecture. Well, they they do... I mean, they are in the G20. Like, there are... Yeah. But if you listen to... Talk like Mexico's constantly on the verge of collapse. It's... That's that's the I mean, American it, propaganda yeah. about it, which is h- half of what we the information that we get. And it's only true in as far as most of the planet is constantly on the verge of collapse. Yeah, yeah, and they have large tracts of land which are contested with cartel control and stuff. But that's not an indictment on the country as a whole. That's an indictment of their fucking situation that they're in: re drug production and drug distribution. Yeah. Right, the, a geographical uh, lack of fortune. But, like, Mexico City, fucking beautiful, seemed functional. The people were super friendly. We went and saw Lucha Libre. We went to museums. They got museums for fucking everything. Then we went to Oaxaca, marching bands in the fucking street. Uh, Everybody celebrating, everybody friendly. Felt way more safe than the U.S. And then, yeah, build the wall. Keep the fucking Americans out, because they will ruin your country more than they already have. Jesus. Build the wall and make the Americans pay for it, I say. Well, they are. <laughs> yeah. Not to undercut the fucking dire situation that Mexican refugees find themselves in crossing. No. Fuck no. Mexican food in LA is great. Yeah. That's my final the, word. The uh, the Italians of California, mm. except that they were originally Californian. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, we're yeah. not going to go into the whole oh, messy history. For, speaking of Italians, my final point is actually this. We went to Little Italy Ooh. in New York to get some Italian food. We'd gotten, we'd already gotten a slice at one of the, the cheap places and it was beautiful. And we were yeah. like, let's get some Italian American food. Like idiots. We go to Little Italy, which is a fucking tourist trap. We're walking around looking at the, like Ligon street for our 
funny that you should Local bring listeners. that up. Yes. Because yeah. uh, we're walking along, we're looking at the different restaurants, we're trying to pick which one, looking at Yelp, uh, trying to pick which one we're going to go to. We eventually made the wrong decision, uh, but that's neither here nor there. As we were walking past this one place, this dude in a fucking polo shirt looks a bit like Q from Impractical Jokers, uh, oh, yeah. comes up and he's like, hey, you guys have got to eat here. This is the best Italian food in New York. And we're like, all oh, right. And he's like, every, every other one of these restaurants is just Mexicans. Nothing but Mexicans work in there. We're like, all right, fucking racist. So we're not going to come here, but we'll stand and look at the menu for a second. Should have told him to fuck off then, but didn't. He's like, where are you from? We're like, Australia. And he's like, I was there. I was at this place, Lion Guy. You know Lion Guy? Lion Guy Street. And we're like, it took us a minute to realize that he was saying Ligon Street. Lion Guy <coughs> Street is much more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's like, where are you from? And we're like, Melbourne. And he's like, oh, you know, Lion Guy. And we're like, Ligon. And he's like, yeah, I got to say, the food there is terrible. The Italian food on Lion Guy, terrible. <coughs> Can't do the voice without coughing. <coughs> All right, neither can he, I'm sure. So we fuck off. Uh And it's like, yeah. And we looked it up and that restaurant has terrible reviews because his thing is to do whatever he thinks is going to get you into the restaurant and then scam you and give you shitty food. Cool. Apparently. But like his gambit was to firstly, probably statistically good choice. We're Australian, assume that we're racist and belittle the Mexicans. For sure. Uh, and then to insult the Italian food in Melbourne, which I got to tell you, dude. I mean, he did pick the right street though. Yeah, he did. Because we do like, have some of the world's best Italian food in Melbourne, but they're all not on like, artfully hidden away. Yeah. Italian restaurateurs are the best like location scouts mm. in Melbourne by like with no one even close second. Yeah. They will always find locations appropriate for a tiny speakeasy bar and somehow fit a medium sized restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. I mean you're right. Ligon is is uh is the tacky fucking center. But there's still a couple of places on Ligon that are good. And then there's like waiters restaurant and shit further into the city that are like phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this guy was just like, insult the fucking Italian food. It's better in Melbourne. Even on Ligon street, it's better because they don't put cheese in every fucking sauce or cream. Is that a thing they do in America? Well, Mad's got pesto sauce, which is not pesto. It's pesto in fucking cream, I guess there and possibly made out of parsley and not, basil the best thing about pesto sauce is that it's not got cream in it yeah because you can taste it it's nice and fresh and (laughs) and aromatic and delicious and yeah i got a fucking mushroom pasta in la to be fair expecting it to be that delicious you know when you just cook mushrooms for a long time in oil and it's just mushroom and oil and a little bit of parmesan it was in a cheesy fucking tomato sauce with mushrooms in it yeah so tomato sauce not mushroom sauce yeah cool so I'm sure that there's good Italian there as well, uh, but I got to tell you, terrible. There's a pizza chain here in Melbourne that do a, they're called Bubba Pizza. Mm. Um, their best thing is actually just their plain chicken schnitzel, but mm. they have a revolting sauce that makes me angry. If you get like a vegetarian pizza from them, yeah. by default, they put pesto mayonnaise on it, which is pesto mayonnaise. fucked. That's a stomach turning <laughs> it's, combination. It's worthy of mm. uh, the sushi pizza assholes. Yeah, yeah. But they can't, because it comes to them, like, because it's franchise, so they get the pesto mayo pre-blended. Yeah. You can't, there's no way if you're like, can I just have pesto, like what's meant to be on the fucking pizza? Yeah. Like, no. Nah. Just give me pesto. Pesto's delicious, but, yeah. 
No chance. We have to ruin one of the best and simplest sources that's ever been devised. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Basil, pine nuts, and olive oil. And uh, parmesan. And parmesan. Yeah. It's great. And a little bit of garlic or garlic-infused oil, if you prefer, that can... If you prefer, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary, but, like, I'm saying... I mean, garlic and parmesan go with pasta anyway. Yeah. Man, pesto is fucking good. Anyway, that's my rambling fucking (laughs) 50-minute vague, unfocused dissection of everything that's wrong with America through the lens of a histrionic reading of their mental illness. Awesome. Quite patronising. Well, from uh, psychiatric expert Kieran Stevenson, mm. we go to psychiatric expert Ray Gardner. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's his name. And I couldn't be happier to be sharing a, <laughs> sharing a class with... Richard Gardner. Richard Gardner. Penis Gardner. Um, he's an asshole from America mm. who's largely responsible for what's wrong with the family court. Mm. So Scott Morrison, who's the prime minister... Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's still weird. <laughs> it does bear repeating. It made sense when it was like the results of internal Liberal Party machinations, but the fact that we then stamped yeah. the public seal of approval on it. Yeah, that it's still happening, that it's not just It's just the bizarre... weirdest mouth taste now. It's like that constantly in that, you know, before you vomit, your mouth yeah, yeah. gets all salty and full of saliva. Yeah, the tinny saliva yeah, taste. that's that just all the time, but in my brain now. Yeah. Uh, Scott Morrison has decided, there's, there's been a family law report, by the way, that was mm. authored by people who knew what they were talking about. Mm. Um, he hasn't read it. He's commissioned a new one instead, of course. which is going to be uh, conducted by Kevin Andrews, uh, famously well-balanced human being, Kevin Andrews. Kevin Andrews is... <laughs> Pretty much. No, that's that's a good... <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That's a good analysis. Outside of Peter Dutton, he's the most psychopathic, I think. Yeah. Peter... Uh, Kevin Andrews actually has a very Kevin Spacey uh, vibe. Yeah. And... Kevin Andrews seems like a, a wife beater. Whereas Peter Dutton seems like a prostitute torturer, if that makes sense. Peter Dutton, we've, we've talked about it. He's one of the guys from Hot, the Hostel movies who goes yeah. to Europe and wears a leather apron with no clothes underneath it and yeah. tortures people to death Yeah, while he listens to eerie pop music. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen? I, I, honest, I thought um, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the Actually, thing I went with. Sense. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Let's get physical would be yeah. particularly apt. hundred percent. He also might like Xanadu. Um and Oh, he definitely likes Xanadu. Miss the miss the point of the tragedy of of uh, Orson Welles' great fable. I, I hope that you're not suggesting that Peter Dutton might have uh, a lens which causes him to make an incorrect reading of a piece of culture. I'm not suggesting it. Yeah. I <laughs> He has no lens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He just, has a uh, just just I, he either feels nothing or a perverse cocktail of lust and yeah. aggression. Not so much a, a lens as a thin nictating membrane. Mm. I don't like to talk about Peter Dutton. Membranes. Did you know that people think that Peter Dutton has a regular human skull, but he actually has a uh, cartilaginous dome? And well. That, uh, I mean, I think I saw him lick his own eyeball, but when I rewatched the footage, it wasn't there, which I now think I'm in a haunted horror film. Yeah, 
a haunted horror film. That's a the haunted worst. horror film. It's it's like yeah. if the you you get a copy of The Ring, mm. but then also she has possessed the tape as well. So you get to watch mm. yourself be killed as you watch the protagonist of the film be killed. Oh, I see. By the same ghoul. Yeah. I guess. It's a little. It's I stumbled a little over my words. To me. You followed the stumble, and then I had to build. A yeah, because you said it's like it. she's haunting the videotape as well, but haunting the videotape. Because that's what a haunted that's horror cons- film would be. Would be if the film. Oh, was I haunted. see. <laughs> I see. So it's like Meta the Ring. Yeah. Okay. Why would I be watching it on VHS? I do know a girl who looks a bit like cause... the Ring Girl because it's a haunted cassette. It wasn't a haunted yeah. DVD, Kieran. That's true. Or a Betamax. Though Betamax might have met more, made more sense because it died earlier than Yeah, that. but imagine having to make a copy of a Betamax. That's true. Well, I suppose it would be safer because no one could watch it. Yeah. All right. So Kevin Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we know we're in trouble. Fuck me, are we middle-aged? He's There's... promised. <laughs> yeah. There's a fucking... We've chosen yeah. a... I mean, I mean yes, <clears throat> we are in our 30s now, so... We're getting towards it. We're only a decade away. That's all right. We've lost the sprightly elasticity of youth. And Kevin Andrews mm. has promised that he's going to investigate the family courts in an impartial, non-partisan fashion. Yeah. Which, when he feels the need to say that, means that we're even more fucked than we thought we were going to be. Yeah. And he's been joined by, of course, Pauline Hanson. Uh, mm-hmm. whose views do not necessarily reflect the views of Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. Yes. Which is great. Um, she's been put on, the media would have us believe, as a kind of sop, as like a mm. way to bring her into the tent, um, as if that's where you would want her ever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's because she will help Scott Morrison achieve his objective, mm. which is to fuck women over. Yeah. Well, isn't there something, is it, because uh, I've only been seeing headlines for this, I haven't really been following it, is it Pauline Hanson's son beat up his girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Pauline Hanson is convinced that the family courts failed, uh, betrayed, failed, delivered injustice to her son, Yeah, and she wants uh, all of the women of Australia to live in a perpetual state of fear and agony as a consequence of that. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. I mean, she, you know, she's from the hospitality industry originally, and we are bitter, angry people in yeah. the hospitality industry. I, you we know. need a we need a adequate language for the people, and this is because it's the most common political illness is that something happens in your life and it reshapes your view of politics as a whole and society as a whole. It's like the American History X phenomenon. It's like, oh, I was like, a a taxi driver scared me. So now my public platform is that all taxi drivers. Ah, you're discussing like a kind of, like when uh, Morpheus offers Neo the choice between a blue pill and a red pill. Ah. And the red pill will show him the truth. Yeah. Which is that women are monsters that need to be controlled. Yeah. Not the men who are mass murderers. <laughs> ah! Good. There's a dark... There's, there is there is a, a, a kind of illusory... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. The word was just floating around in my head. Epiphany. Mm. Like a dark epiphany that takes place in a lot of these stories. A yeah. sort of dark enlightenment, if you will. Ooh, an endarkening, if you will. Mm. Fuck, this is... 
we can we pull pull this out of the internet for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Kieran looks like he's got a hangover. He's given himself an absolute beating with his thought process today. <laughs> I just I'm not on my game. I'm on the back foot and we're talking about He doesn't trust reality anymore because he's been in America for That's two months. That's true. I might have contracted mental illness while I was o- I was already mentally ill. I might have contracted uh You've exacerbated your condition. Yeah. Brought it to the realm of delusion. That's fair. Um, they're in- <laughs> Fuck. they are investigating <laughs> inefficiencies and systemic biases within mm. the family court system, mm. which we know um, comprehensively, despite everybody having an anecdote about how it's ruined the life of a man they know. Mm. And it definitely has, because what Family Court will do is ruin the lives of one of the parents that comes into contact with it. Pretty much, absolutely. Guaranteed. Uh, But it overwhelmingly Mm. ruins the lives of women and children compared to the damage that it does to men. (coughs) And there is a very good reason for this. It is because... In our favourite decade, Kieran, the 1980s, when mm. everything started to go right for the world, yeah, a child psychologist in America, one of our favourite countries where all the good ideas come from, mm. released an idea that he called parental alienation syndrome. Mm. Excuse me. His name was Richard Gardner, and he mm. was worried because there seemed to be all these instances of when families broke up. Mm. Um accusations levelled at one parent or another about abuse. Mm. And sometimes the child corroborated uh, these accusations. Mm -hmm. Now, what could cause this? Professor Gardner wondered to himself, Dr Gardner, sorry, Mm. wondered to himself, what could be causing a child to agree uh, with a parent who has accused another parent of abusing that child? Mm. What possible motive could it have? It's, what manipulations was it subjected I to? Do, I do smell subterfuge. Right. This relationship is ending. Mm. For what reason? We don't know. Hmm. Maybe abuse. Maybe not. Yeah. We know there's an accusation of abuse. Hmm. We know that two of the parties agree that abuse has taken place. Yes. So, obviously, what has happened, he reasoned, hmm. was that one of the parents, and in fairness to him, he never came out and said, definitely the mother. Yeah. But all of his research was about how mothers yeah. make up lies. Yeah. Um, one of the parents. One of the uh, parents. She will... The real abuse <clears throat> yeah. is that they have implanted in their child's mind the idea yeah. that their father is an abuser. This, that is the real abuse. This happened in that fucking Hasidic Jewish uh, documentary yeah. where the, the Hasidic Jews court are found- super good at this because they are conservative religious people and it is a conservative religious skill beyond all conservative religious skills to completely 180 abuse cycles and abuse yeah. Um, outcomes. Yeah. They're f- fucking incredible at it. Yeah. So many choir boys being possessed by the lustful spirits of succubi. And then, well, they've all chosen to worship a fundamentally abusive father figure that they've made up and imposed on themselves. So yeah. it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, right. <laughs> fuck. Sorry, the darkness just kind of creeps up inside you, and it yeah. makes it hard to. And then it occludes your vision all at once. Enough. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got pre-vomit saliva filling my mouth and oil creeping up my throat. It's yeah. a terrible feeling. Cool. Well, don't. I'm the real the victim here. Um, <laughs> Gardner's mm. theory 
has not been accepted by any medical professional body anywhere in the world. Can't imagine why. As being a syndrome. Mm. There are instances where children are manipulated. Of course. But these correspond very neatly with, is that parent a psychopath or not? Mm. That's really the only thing you need to get your head around. Yeah. If that parent is not a psychopath, statistically, they are not making anything up. Yeah. Also, sometimes psychopaths tell the truth about these things. Yeah. <clears throat> but what gardeners, despite no medical industry getting behind it, what Gardner's theory made a lot of headway with was the American judiciary. Of course. And there's a big, big problem with the American judiciary, and that is the Australian judiciary. And I'll tell you for why. Despite the fact that Australian judges are better qualified than mm. American judges and subject to much higher levels of scrutiny than American judges and are not elected based on popular vote but by actual peer review processes, mm -hmm. they still consider American common law rulings to be what they refer to as persuasive precedent, which okay. essentially is just a human psychology fucking thing where America is a bigger and more important country than Australia, and because our judges are unfortunately still human beings, they then go, oh, well, that must mean that the American judges' decisions have implications that I should factor in. Even though Australian judges are more highly trained than mm. American judges. But they're not American judges. But they're not they're American not judges. Real. Exactly so. So, American judges, being unqualified uh, religious fuckwits for mm. a fucking depressingly enormous percentage, mm. were really into this idea that it was actually the woman's fault when she said, I'm divorcing this man because he's a domestic abuser and he has particularly abused my child. Mm. Right? And the child was like, yeah, dad's abusive as fuck. So... In came Dr. Gardner. Yep. Dr. Gardner would be interviewed as a professional witness, despite all of the psychiatrists in America screaming, please don't listen to that man, he's a quack. Mm. And the judge would say, well, all things being equal, grant custody to the father, because this, uh, this harridan of a woman over here mm. has clearly manipulated this child. Yeah, she's worm-tugging. And it has infected Australia, like everything American infects this fucking country. Yeah. And now <clears throat> we have a culture where women will not report abusive behaviour because they are more likely to be separated from their child than if they keep shtum about it. You're more likely to have your child be given into the custody of an abusive person if you report the abuse than if you do not report the abuse. It's a bit dark, isn't it? It's a bit dark. Mm. Skip, sorry, it's <laughs> Darcy Moran phone effects there. Fuck. Darcy's fucking jaunty violin Jeeves and Worcester fucking tune going <laughs> off at the best possible moment. Uh, uh yes. <clears throat> Hilarious hijinks at Blanding's Castle when <laughs> a judge <laughs> gives <laughs> baby Bertie Worcester into the custody of his abusive aunt. Um, <laughs> could actually be a Fuck, Woodhouse yeah. plotline, mm. but you know, exquisitely done with a with a level of uh, taste and uh, humor mm. that Pauline Hanson and Kevin Andrews probably won't master in their inevitably horrific report. Yeah, maybe so, if uh, Pauline Hanson's sense of taste was a little bit better, a fucking fish and chip shop wouldn't have gone under. Hey. Uh, people kept finding ginger hairs in it. Ugh. So. 
we have a situation in this country mm. where the family courts punish women for reporting actual assault mm. um, and abuse. And we have a review that is going into it intending to unmask the lies that women tell to mm. try to get custody of their children. Yeah. That is the all but stated position that Andrews and Hansen have taken. They have 100% swallowed the MRA line that the family courts exist as a specifically anti-father yeah. force. Which is complete horseshit, obviously. Uh, it is complete fucking horseshit. I wish I could say that I'm surprised, but, like, consistently with these things, with enough persistence and repetition, uh, they just leak into the fucking water. And for some reason, particularly judges seem vulnerable to just ambient ideas. One of the big problems, I think, with judges Mm. is that they're only experts in law for the most part. Some of Mm. them have done, like, you know, law psychology or law criminology or whatever. Yeah. But that was in the fucking 60s. Yeah. You know, especially for psychology, it's the last time they studied it has been all that all that shit has been overturned many times yeah. <laughs> well being being a woman was a mental illness when they were fucking studying it so and could become again if this fucking lot yeah. stay in power certainly yeah. i can't imagine more than a few women being driven to insanity yeah um by what's about to be inflicted upon them. Mm. um but judges are also kind of at the mercy of the legislature to an extent even mm. though they can make precedent rulings, um, it's difficult for them to do so in the face of, like, point-blank legislation yeah. that clearly states, you know, da 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 especially if they've got an alleged expert from the medical profession who's got a theory that seems to be persuasive yeah. that's held in high esteem by the government. They should still stand up to it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Not letting them off the hook. But the main problem is the legislature. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, big surprise. And so, obviously, I don't know what the outcomes of this report are going to be. But we have, I can't make it clear enough, a situation where the family court currently favours abusive parents yeah. over non-abusive parents. And... People launching an inquiry into why abusive parents aren't being given even more rights over their children, basically. Yeah. These are the traditions and uh, fucking the, these esteemed edifices that we've built up in our culture that we're supposed to take as more intelligent and considered and, yeah. uh, and, and- fucking... Are respectable than our gut feelings. But- and these are, by the way, also examples of the kind of shit that happens in Saudi Arabia and Iran mm. that 10 years ago we were supposed to be fucking terrified of Muslim migrants c- taking these ideas with them and infecting this amazingly yeah. progressive secular society with yeah. where we're not sexist and respect women. And we have been giving abusers preferential treatment in the family court system very much off our own bat. Thank you. 
Yeah. It yeah. turned out that the phone call was coming from inside the courthouse <laughs> all along. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It turns out that- uh, Who'd have thought that right-wing politicians yeah. would launch a fucking red herring moral panic? It was actually the reactionary impulse yeah. in our political class that led to reactionary uh, yeah. politics and not- Fuck me up a chair. Not the- uh, yeah. It all turns out to make sense as part of a broad system. Of what a-, a- what a shock that is. Man, that one's rough. Yeah. And because there are instances in which, like, enough people have anecdotes about men being screwed over by family court judgments, there is, like, those anecdotes have become part of a massive cultural narrative mm. of essentially justifying misogyny. Yeah, yeah. This idea course. that men are, like, innocent meatheads mm. and women are all fucking. Just absolute Jean Le Carre level fucking yeah. secret agents. Yeah. Which they're not. They no. are cumbersome and stupid as any man could ever hope yeah, to be. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> People are dumbasses. This and is yeah. the, true goal of fe- <laughs> the true goal of feminism is so that we can <laughs> call women out for the fucking morons that they are. Sweaty, smelly pricks, just like the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, sorry, women. We're putting you on notice. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, pedestalling is fucking just essentially a, a, a way of sprucing up misogyny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the, those are the dudes that always turn out to be stealth rapists, right? Yeah. The fucking or stealth creeps. <laughs> What's wrong with a bit of chivalry? <laughs> chivalry never applied to the way men treated women. Chivalry applies to how knights treat each other. Mm. Which is essentially, it's a bro. It's very much, chivalry is very much bros before hoes. Mm. There's no question about it. Yeah, but there's the obscure, you're forgetting the obscure endorsement and point scoring system of Joust, which is (laughs) undoubtedly the correct model to build an entire sexual relations model of. Oh, you're talking about courtly love. Yeah, Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, courtly love was a thing, but it was totally separate from chivalry. Yeah. Courtly love was just about the fact that most marriages were arranged back then and mm. you sometimes wanted to boff somebody that you were actually attracted yeah. to. <laughs> I was speaking specifically just to the hyper uh, rarefied circumstance of a woman giving a knight a handkerchief at a joust. Oh, yeah. This is a great example of how to keep your affair secret. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I admire his gallantry and prowess. I liked how he knocked that man off a horse. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> However, the horses did most of the work, really. The horses do all of the work. Well, you've got to hold the lance up still. Yeah, that's true. There's a little bit of carrying involved. And take the hit, I guess. Like, your suit of armour takes the hit. You would have to have a strong back, I would think. Yeah, I would say so. Well, if nothing else, if we've come to no other conclusions on today's show, it's that knights were probably strong. (laughs) Probably strong and kind of misogynist. Yeah, and about four foot tall. Have you seen some of those suits of armour? Well, you don't want to be super tall, necessarily. To be an effective fighter, being Mm. short is actually quite handy, because you've got a low centre of gravity. Yeah. That's why you're not allowed to pick odd job in Goldeneye. Correct. Correct, Amundo. Also, fighting from horseback, if if you're, like, running around doing charges, I've been in a light canter on the back of a horse, Mm. and it rocks around like a fucking ridiculous... Your back would be thrown to shit if you had a long spine. Yeah. It would be horrible. Swaying around up there like a fucking inflatable tube man. Oh, I was. 
I mean, this is <laughs> you're a tall fellow. Uh, you can draw the lineage directly from horseback knights to uh, jockeys, I guess. Yeah, and to incels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, Imagine we'll... the disgust with which <laughs> knights would react if they discovered they were being linked to yeah. incels. Why don't you just <laughs> rape somebody? Chivalry wasn't made for you, peasant. Poof. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, fucking hell. We can we can explore the uh, knight jockey incel nexus. There's actually a, at some point. I think knights have a lot to answer for as far as modern masculine crises are concerned. Mm. Um, not that they would have, you know, put it together. They were pretty simple-minded for the most part. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a lot. That's a, that's a good thing to explore maybe for next week. I want to get back to family law just for a brief oh, yeah. to tie this off. Um, which is, yeah, so anecdotal evidence that mm. some uh, some men have been ruined by family court. I don't want to undercut. I'm not hand-waving by saying, yes, it's tragic too. It is fucking awful. Mm. Um, but they tend to be suffering from the same root problem that's affecting an overwhelming number of women, mm. which is these are usually fathers who have presented allegations of abuse, mm. and the court has followed its same stupid line of thinking, which is, ah, well... What possible strategic reason could somebody have to manipulate their child into... Mm. It's essentially um, guys who think they're much too clever by half, basically. Mm. Doing circles within circles reasoning. And it's often the way when you're presented with a social issue where women are the greater body of the victims of a problem. Yeah. But there are some men who are also victims of the same problem. And not always a small minority. Sometimes it's a fairly large number of men. Like domestic violence, for instance, where you've got, I think it's a third of victims are male, two-thirds female, roughly, we think. It's hard because it's all self-reported. Yeah, yeah. Um, Addressing the same cultural issue is key to attacking both Mm. of those problems. You're telling me that uh, gender... Issues of uh, of gender, let's call them feminist issues, might actually be about the emancipa- emancipation of all humankind yes, from a spurious, absolutely uh, sexual ontology binary. Yeah, you're telling me that maybe yeah. there's we what I'm have telling more you, in common than we. That is what I am telling you. Harmful constructs of masculinity hurt men as well as women. By attacking the mm. same power structure that yeah. ruins everyone's lives, we yeah. will improve everyone's lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, but under this um, extremely right-wing and extremely unintelligent investigation, mm. fuck, I can't imagine what recommendations are going to be put forward. I can't think of a way the family court can make itself less hospitable mm. to anybody who's got concerns about the abuse of their children um, or their own abuse but i i really especially can't see how they can make it worse for women yeah they can make it worse for men it's very hard to see how they could make it worse for women mm. but they will that's yeah I, they'll I, find a I, way i'm not saying that they won't i'm saying i don't have a sufficiently fucked up brain to think <laughs> of what they could possibly come up with yeah yeah but i'm telling you they'll it's definitely it. they'll there. manage it they always do um whether or not it will actually be something that they can effectively put into law or not. Mm. I hope not. Yeah. But don't be taken in by anybody who says that Scott Morrison is giving Pauline a job to keep her busy 
and win her support. He's giving her a job because he knows she will support his agenda, yep. which is to erode the autonomy and power of women in our society mm-hmm. and shore up uh, his extremely tedious and extremely uh, barbaric idea of a property-based family unit. Mm. Um, and she'll be a very useful pawn for him in that because she's an idiot. She's just a cannon that you point at things you want shot. Yeah. She doesn't even look where she's going. Yeah. The only way that it seems she could be defeated is if there's something high that she has to climb on and get scared and come down, like with the Uluru thing, where she changed her tune really quickly because she got scared climbing it. Yeah. She was like, it should be closed for safety reasons. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Mm. That was very interesting. I mean, it. I if safety reasons are what it would have taken. I know, I'm it's glad, very... It's I'm very glad dis- it was closed I'm- because of actual cultural reasons. Yeah. Um, but fuck, if it took safety reasons, I'd... You'd take it, but it would yeah. be... Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. that uh, It was but good to see her scared, though. It was good to see her sitting up there it was frightened a, it while was a, people it, effortlessly walk past her. It was a rare political it, if, victory for the First Nations people. I'm extremely yeah. pleased about it. Yeah. For now, we'll see. They'll fuck it up. Don't worry. They'll awesome. fucking dig the... They'll find oil under the... Uh, under Uluru, and oh, the whole thing will be fucked. find a way of turning it into oil. Yeah. Yeah. God only knows. We'll see. All right. Should we bring this Megasode into the station? Yeah, let's bring it into the station. Let's let the darlings um, go yeah. home. You guys uh, have been very nice. Thank you for waiting for several months for us to yeah. uh, get back to you about how the world's suddenly exploded into mm. a thousand pieces of smeg it's frustrating because it feel i feel like i could have done like fucking six or seven tight focused I, episodes i think it's but very the fair, enormity of it all very fair to say that we suffered from target paralysis today kieran yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully next week things will be a little bit more focused a bit more streamlined uh, yeah hopefully, with, with if luck. the planet can get its shit together think of mm. the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people have already turned against this medium. We're fucked. We're well, we're never seeners. making any money out of it. <laughs> no, I know, but so really, we're just putting our people always turn against every reputation. medium, though. You know, you yeah, can't have true. a. There's it's no exhausting. inviolable medium. Yeah, um, it's just another another way for people like us to take up more time than we're than we warrant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't look so glum about it, Kieran. I think that's fun. Sure. Uh, if you would like to explain to us uh, what we were wrong about this week, please do. We like to have constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. We also like to have fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can contact us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. There's no tricks with the spelling. All one word. All one word, because it's an email address. You should know that by now, guys. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? You can follow us at, at Week for Bleak on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. Legitimately haven't done anything with that. Um, so just well, look, if you've got a subscription the to episode. the podcast, which you should have, mm. you don't need notifications. No. You follow me at Gorilla Scream on Twitter, if you like. And, uh, oh, damn, I don't have a Twitter. I used to, I, yeah. I, I, I did two tweets, two or three tweets. Yeah. I found it. I don't recommend following me because it's definitely poisoned my brain. It's made me a worse person. Well, I'm not going to be on Twitter. I've, I've got a should. wasp nest in the backyard. If yeah. I want to stick my head in that, I can. Exactly the same. 
there's less Joker discourse in the Wasps now, so it's preferable, <laughs> I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, wasps actually have very good praxis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. They discovered that giant wasp that they thought was extinct living on an island somewhere. It's like yeah. eight times the size of a regular wasp. Terrifying. And Italian wasps are now migrating into northern Europe. And and the bee was named the most important animal. Bees are fucking important. Well, not animal, but creature. Not only are they uh, groovy and someone we should all be friends with. Mm. I like bees, but they yeah. are very important. They keep plants alive and keep them propagating. Yeah. We need plants, it turns out. They're good. They're good. Plants are good. How good are plants? Not Well, plants is, are good because they eventually become coal and oil. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fuck this for, for a thing. Uh, thanks to Leonardo's Robot for our outro music. And thank you, my darlings, for listening to us. Yeah. You make us feel very important and we love you. Yeah. Sure. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>